don't want to stay on it too long just because like it's so sad. It's something I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't want to wish on my worst enemy. Happy. I wouldn't want anybody to see it. Right. You know, um, it's 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 just it's so sad. Death is so final. Yeah. That's why it's so sad. Because yeah. it's like you know, the Migos brought so much to the culture. Yeah. They had so much to offer. And they were at a point right now, we were just talking about like how they were branching into the next steps that they were gonna do. And, yeah. You know, death is so final, like that's that's it for the Migos. And that's just like it was no bye, it was no hey, we're done. It was just that's it. Yeah. Um and he was only 28 years old, bro. He was the youngest one of the three, bro. so that hurt even more. Um, but yeah, yeah. And that's and that's like like they, you know, family, family, and people don't people don't get it. But like, yo, that was, that was take off. Oh, yeah, Quavo, yeah, that yeah, was, that was, that was, that was, uh, was uh, Quavo was take off. Oh, yeah, man, that's 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 crazy. That's they're brothers basically. Like that's that's crazy, yeah. man. They um they got pictures together when they was three and four years old, and like um I thank God because this was this was something I when I think. The reason we are so, like, death really hits us hard is because of the empathy we share. Um, like, we just really do empathize with people very deeply. Yeah. Um, and so, I offset was on my mind a lot because I really did. I thought they were on bad terms. Right. And it did come out that they had been fine. Like, yeah, they, they were fine. It was just it was just music stuff. It yeah. was on fine. So that made me happy, um, as it could. So, um, yeah. Just again, rest in peace, bro. Um, Keep everybody, keep everybody in that family in your prayers, and just the the beauty. If you do find it's a silver lining in every situation, it was just that you could tell throughout the music industry, everybody loved Takeoff, bro. Like yeah. the the um the messages that you kept seeing coming in, nobody had anything close. To, it was just he was a pure spirit. He was a yeah. kind soul. Like everybody had something positive to say and the thing was is that you knew it wasn't fake because when you ever you heard somebody talk about takeoff before that mm-hmm. even happened you they said those same things it was it, it, it hit really hard because the type of person takeoff was exactly. in the industry too exactly like didn't nobody think like yo takeoff got into some hot-headed stuff and right like, he went crazy no everybody wasn't even involved in the situation he had yeah. just stood up everybody knew that like you know this is a tragedy this isn't you know Rappers need to stop talking about killing. Takeoff, you know, didn't you know lose his life doing some pseudo rapper thing like? Takeoff don't even really rap like that. Like, like that, just, that could have happened to anybody. Yeah, bro. And, um, uh, it's 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 super it's super sad. And that's not one of the situations where why was he there? Like he was at a closed event. Like yeah. weapons usually aren't allowed in events like that. Usually, yeah. like phones aren't even allowed right. sometimes events like that. Like with the people with Jay Prince, like you know who he is in Houston, things of that nature. So, um, he the the killer has been dealt with already. Um, so it's um it's um sad situation. Again, rest in peace. Um, and let's play a song, and then we'll come back and do what we do. So. We got the Migos instrumental in the background right now. Um. Um, but um, I do want to give a shout out because I, uh, my it's just finding the song. I do also want to mention, man. Like, <laughs> I'm really hurt because I don't know if you, I don't know if I told you this, but I saw Takeoff and Quavo perform at Louisiana Fest. 
So like it was like super fresh. now? Yes, bro. Wow. So it was super fresh for me, bro. And I like that was the first time I'd ever seen Amigos live. And like they brought it back to all their old stuff. And it was cool seeing because you know, I'm from Atlanta, so I was in I was in New Orleans and I yeah. saw like how they resonated with everybody there when they played. Like Handsome and Wealthy came out when we was in kids, kids bro. And they was playing that all of that freak no more. They played all of the old stuff. Um and it still hit just the same. So I'm again, shout out to Takeoff. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, we'll be right back. Uh, I'm next from Artist Drake. Yeah. <coughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Perfect. Get y'all big smush. Smush. Yeah. Gotcha. I need sugar. Dog. I and woke then, up. I ain't tell the full story because it was on the show, but like, I woke back up and niggas was on Twitter like, I can't believe y'all was posting a video and shit like that. I'm so glad that shit hit my timeline. That shit never hit my timeline. I don't watch it like that. That shit weird. That's fucked to me. That shit bro. is so weird to me. Bro, somebody, bro, Charlene described the video. We was just talking about it. She described it. I don't mm. think she like thought about it. But, yeah. Like, she described the video. So I was like, I'm straight, bro. Bro. Like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, why are y'all so obsessed with social media and going viral that that's on the internet? Like, what? Like, how are you that December one streaming hip hop station? That's probably a little better. You probably can hear me now. It's not screeching. We are back live. First, we want to shout out Apple Podcasts. Yes. Uh, Audacity. Yes. Um, Spotify. Spotify for sure. YouTube, of course. YouTube. Shout out Elon. Shout out Twitter. Yes. <laughs> um, and what's left of it? What's left of Twitter. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, the spot. The, the spot. Own your crown is this Saturday. Yes. Uh, RSVP now. Um, you do get a free gift bag with very great gifts. Charlene's like gift Charlene's gift bags are always great. Yeah, they're um, not like regular gift bags. So yeah, shout out to the spot, uh, Marissa, Charlene, Azela. Um, shout out to all of y'all. We love y'all. Um, do it big. We will. Be, I will be there. Um, I don't know if I'm still supposed to be hosting that. I hope not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would hope not. But let's get back into it, man. Um, this came out a while ago, but I do want to touch on it. How you feel about Rihanna uh, doing a halftime show? I think it's crazy. I do too. I think it's crazy, especially from my point of view, because I've always championed Rihanna's discography right more than a lot of people. Because you know, I've been making music for so long. Yes. She got like hits. a lot hits. of hits that she hits. didn't go through. <laughs> I love it. You know, she did the mom thing, mm-hmm. had the baby. I hope she bring ASAP out. Mm-hmm. I hope it get nasty. I hope she bring wine. I hope she bring wine to be out. <laughs> I hope it be crazy. <laughs> um, I I I don't know what to expect because it's on one hand Rihanna can do twenty minutes by herself um, with a band. Oh, yeah. Also, she can bring out whoever she wants to because she ran and nobody will say no to her. So I'm super excited to see what comes from this. Does she bring out Kanye? <laughs> we're not bringing out Kanye. <laughs> Shit, that will not be happening. Um, I don't think Drake will be coming out to perform What's My Name because he's in love with her. So <laughs> I think no. that's it too. Um, I mean, that would be a good reason to do it. Honestly, yeah. uh, take her from A7 Twin. Uh, <laughs> you Drake, though. But, uh, but. Don't work and not know what's my name back to back. Hey, <laughs> come on. But. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I am, I, yeah, like you said, I'm excited. Uh, the song for, the song she re- just released on the soundtrack for Wakanda Forever, which comes out this Friday, very excited about that. Yeah. But I, I heard it, 
And I was like, oh, I don't even know if I want to see this movie. Yeah, no, it was very sad. It was so sad. It I was, was like, I, I don't know if I want to see this movie. That's how sad it was. No, it was a very sad song. Very somber. She sounded beautiful. Beautiful, man. The range, the vocals, everything sounded amazing. Damn, it was sad. It was so I, sad. Understandably so for the, you know, for the yeah. movie that we're headed for. But. Yes. Um, so my question before we get into the sports, uh, do you think she has dropped an album before or after this Super Bowl? Do you think this is for a reason, or it was just like Jay Z loves Rihanna, Rihanna done that musically, so she's just tapping into this? I, I think she, I think we got an album coming after the Bowl. Okay. Because she's back in the studio. Okay. New music has been made. Yes, for sure. So there's no better there's no better promo. Like if, you, if you're gonna release again, there's, there's no, no better. better promo. There's literally no better promo than Super Bowl. Doing the Super Bowl. Yeah. So uh, I. I, for one, think it is an album coming because, like you said, what are you doing the Super Bowl for if there's not something coming? Could it be Fenty? Something Fenty-related? Of course, but I feel like <laughs> that brand is so big that she doesn't need the Super Bowl to announce something new for Fenty is coming. So I do right. think music will be coming. Um, I would guess before the Super Bowl. Um, I can also guess that she's doing something, that she'll do something really annoying and be... And not drop the album to July. <laughs> but I do think some music is coming from Rihanna, which I'm very excited about because Auntie is one of my favorite albums of all time. So, uh, but let's get into the NBA. Um, we'll run through some few teams and then we'll talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, so, first, I do want to start off with the 8 0 Bucks. Uh, Nine and zero. My bad. Sorry, Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so obviously, I guess Giannis will be the leading MVP candidate, but I don't care about that because we play nine games. So, uh, but how long do you think this is um, this is going to continue? Chris Middleton has not even played yet, uh, so they don't have their full team. How long do you think this continues? And do you think they are running straight into the finals, or do you think this is just the Bucks being Bucks because Giannis doesn't stop playing hard? I think this is the Bucks being Bucks and Brook Lopez coming back. With Brook Lopez coming back, and Brook Lopez is like, playing excellent basketball at his age, which is hilarious. Who would have thought? Um, but he's improved their defense even more. Right. So even with Chris Middleton out, now they have a championship level defensive firepower like they used to. Right. I think they'll continue to win. I don't think they're going to get to the finals. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were the first seed. I wouldn't be surprised if they won 66, 67 games. Yeah. Just because they're going to come out and try super hard every, every game. Night. Yeah. Like, that's just that's what they do. They're gonna yeah. try super hard no matter what. Yeah, and I uh, and that's a beautiful, that's a really great, not beautiful. That was the wrong adjective, but it's a great habit to instill in your team to play hard every single game because that means you don't got to turn it on on the playoffs. Right. Um, so I think for a team like that, that is as as well constructed as they are and as much of a contender as they are, because they're as much a contender as anybody else, whether you think they're going no, to the finals or not. They're, yeah. They are a contender. Yeah, um, and neither one of us will be surprised if they came out the East. I don't think they will either. But I'm not surprised by this start, just because, like we both said, one, Brook Lopez, that's a phenomenal point. It's hard to score on them. It's really hard to score on them, and it's hard to deal with Giannis coming at your chest 60 times. <laughs> and, like we mentioned, need that rebound now. That, that take foul has really has really came into play because people are like, and you've seen people like going to doing it and then having to stop, and that stops you from getting back on defense. So exactly. it is like, like I said, a lot of easy buckets. Mike Boonehorser is still Mike Boonehorser. He's a great coach. They get a lot of easy buckets. Their shooters knock down shots, and their defense like it's really hard to score on them. So even if you do. Um, 
even if you do get a lead on them, you get uh, you come into the fourth and it's a close game, they can really just lock up for six minutes. Like, yep. it's the finals. And that's they just that. They want to. And they want to. Not only can they, they want to. And then you Drew got two. Drew Holiday full court pressing you in September. And then Giannis coming to help. Yeah. <laughs> you beat them, Giannis coming to help. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really good. Um, another surprise. Well, not a surprising East. Our sleeper teams, the Cavs. Man. Man. Listen. Donovan looked rejuvenated, dog. Listen. I don't know if it's the jersey, <laughs> getting away from Rudy Gobert, you know, Utah. That was so much easier to like. In I was literally about to say it's it. so much more likable. I am handing in my hater pass for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm handing it in. It um, is over. And I think, listen, before the season, I think the Cavs would be one of the breakout teams. Boy, do they look good. They look oh really good. God, bro. they look good. Bro. And Darius Garland just got back. Just got back. So, uh, what I have seen, I watched the whole, I've watched bits and pieces of every game, but I watched the whole Cavs Celtics game. What I saw from them. He was good. Yo, Derek, okay, well, man, I even cut no, you No, you're good. You're I watched good, the first man. quarter of the game. I think he made his, like, first five he did. threes. He did, he did. Yo, man. <laughs> so, look, bro. Look, bro. So, the beauty in the Cavs is in why I think they jump from, oh, this is a good team and they'll be fun to watch to, oh, this is one of the three or four contenders in the East just that fast. And I I always say the beginning of a regular season is in, uh, of the NBA is very tricky because you can't fall in love with anything too much just because the season is so long. But you can notice things that are going to last the whole season. Something that is going to be there the entire season, barring injury, this is always barring injury, their size. Yeah. <laughs> their size allows – Donovan and Darius not to have to use so much energy on defense because they have so much help. Jared and Evan being your helpman is insane because if one of them isn't the helpman, that means one of them is the next man away. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that defense, I didn't even touch offense. I don't care about that right now. That defense is going to be so hard on scoring. I Pray to God they get the four seed and Giannis get the uh, Giannis and them get the one seed and they got to meet in the second round because oh, that, be that matchup is be going to be insane. The, the Cavs are built so interestingly <laughs> because they are they're not built like a team to win the championship in twenty not in like twenty twelve yeah twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. But as the NBA changes and you see different trends with type of players in the league. Early 2000s was the perimeter superstar. We're going to have somebody on the perimeter. 2010, still perimeter superstar, but not everywhere has a point guard. Mm-hmm. So now with this extra point guard talent, because five years ago, ten years ago, Don Mitchell probably get drafted at BG. Right. So everybody's so much smaller. So they're like, all right, we're going to have one, maybe two people that are going to struggle on defense. Mm-hmm. But they're so good on offense, if we just get two people who are amazing on defense, mm-hmm. it'll kind of balance out. And that's what you see. So even though Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland might be the smallest backcourt in the NBA, yeah. you can't score on them. No. Because, sure, you can get by them, <laughs> and you might outjump Evan Mobley. <laughs> but do you think you'll outjump Jared Allen, too? And Evan Mobley? Yeah, like, like, no. And, and, and for people who are new to the Evan Mobley experience, man, they asked him the night he got drafted why he got drafted. And he got drafted in the, in the Twitter era, TikTok you shoot with step back jumpers when you nine. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry ruined the NBA. No, I got to play defense. Yes, that's what I want to do. That's what I want. I want to play defense. defense, and he does Dang. at a very high level. One of the best defenders in the NBA already. Yep. I, 
think he needs more of an not think. I know he needs more of an offensive game, but that'll come, and they have enough offensive power over there to let that to not let that bother them and not let that stop them from getting to the finals. Like what what I mean by that is. You're not going to look at the back on the Cavs season this year and be like, well, if Evan Movie had a three ball, they would have made it to the finals. That's not going to be the reason they don't make it. So, and the, and the reason nobody cares that, you know, in an era where everybody needs court spacing, you need five, six, nine players, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are such good playmakers, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. No. And, and believe me when I say this, that Darius Garland is such a good playmaker, you could have three bigs out there. Because yes. they did it before. Yes. And what, I, what was surprising to me, which I oh, actually wasn't surprising, I just hadn't thought about it. They are super deep. They're deep. Yes. They run like seven or eight. They got Ricky Rubio coming back. They got Ricky Rubio coming back. Karis LeVert is starting. They got Arcoro on the bench. They flipped yep. that. Arcoro or Karis LeVert come off the bench. Kevin Love is on their yep. bench. Kevin Love is not as has not dropped off since. He still like, a sniper. Like he's still a sniper and he still grabs boards. Like the other night I think he had like twenty two and twelve or something like yep. that. And he's capable of doing that, which to the Evan Mobley point, which is why it's not that big of a deal, because it's like, all right, Evan, we need offense. We're gonna bring Kevin Love off the bench. Donovan, we're gonna need you to play a little bit harder on defense. And Jared, you be Jared. They so still got, they still got uh Jetty Osmond. They still have Jetty Jetty, whatever is <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they still got Playoff, <laughs> playoff LeBron minutes under his belt. Yes. Been through, you know. Been through the war. Yeah, you know, yeah. he don't been to the finals actually. He was on the seventeen and the oh, yeah. the seventeen and eighteen teams. Is that the right years? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know what You know what's funny? Now he's a veteran. Now he's a veteran. <laughs> so, now he's a veteran in the locker room. <laughs> They, they, yeah. have, they have experience. They have size, length. I I love how the Cavs looks. Um, and so, to your point, something that you just said about how the NBA is moving is you need a great guard. Yep. Um, and whether that's a one or a two, and they kind of are the same at this point um, in the NBA. So them having two great guards, like you said, that can facilitate makes this team even much better because you can stagger their minutes. Yep. And you kind of get the same thing from both of them. Donovan is a little bit more of a score-first guy, yeah. but he's excellent in the pick-and-roll. He's excellent in the pick-and-roll. He has a great mid-range jumper, and he got a short memory. That's important when you yeah, – Donovan's crazy. That's important when you go to the playoffs games because some games your legs just gonna be gone yeah. and you're gonna shoot seven for twenty five. But you're gonna need that seventh bucket when you six for twenty four. <laughs> so, so and he and he got that type of memory. And Darius Garland is perfect off the play for him because Darius Garland is so efficient. He don't need a lot of shots. He just needs the ball. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell can play off ball, get your little ISOs when Darius out the game. It's just a perfect system. And They've only played eight games together, so they got a lot of room to grow gel. I think they're going to they be a real tough out, bro. A lot of people talk about fit when you pair stars together, and they are both stars. They both are all-stars. Um, this pairing, perfect fit. Perfect. But size-wise, of course, you would wish they would be bigger on defense, but actually playing the game together, there's no hiccup between them. No. Just because Darius Garland, like you said, <laughs> super efficient. And Darius Garland is fine catching shooting off the ball mm. from deep at an elite level. Yes. Donovan Mitchell, at the same time, has no problem standing out there and doing that. But the biggest thing I've seen for Darius Garland this year that's, like, made him even a tick better, because he's playing phenomenally right now, is not so much something that he's doing, but, you know, no disrespect to Rudy Gobert, but, like Hope said, was better than one billionaire. Two, was better than one seven-footer. Two. Two, <laughs> two people like the two. Now the person setting the screen at the top of the key, oh, he's seven feet. Mm-hmm. And the person in the dunker spot waiting for you to help, oh, he's seven feet. Right. 
Worst come to worst, I, we should, I saw Darius Garland just, he just throw it to the other side of the room. Just throw it to the other side of the room and see if you can get to the other square exactly. in time. And a lot of people can't. And, and man, they're looking great. A lot of young teams look really good this, yeah. this um, season. I, last thing I want to say on this. <coughs> something that will prove, this is this was something, something you'll see come into play more during playoff time. And this is where Donovan Gaines struggled in Utah because he had to do so much. The Darius Garland is excellent at controlling the pace of the game. Yeah. Darius, you don't speed him up. Mm-hmm. He is going to get the – if you, he wants to run, he's going to run. If he wants to slow it down, get a little slower tempo, he's going to yeah. do that. You don't – he doesn't get rushed. He don't pick up his dribble early. Donovan – isn't a natural point guard, so that doesn't naturally come to right. him. So you can get Donovan sped up when he doesn't need to be. Him having Darius to be able to throw the ball up, walk up the court, save his energy from not having to bring the ball up the court, that's just going to work even better come in playoff time when you need when you need somebody to say, all right, they just scored, they just ran out four or five straight, let's slow down, Yeah, I think, let's get into offense. I think you could uh, you definitely attribute that to Darius' IQ, especially For sure. from For sure. uh, his father, who's in the NBA. Mm-hmm. For yes. a super long time, and listen, that does matter. Of course, listen, things like that does matter. In the the, NBA. Things like that matter because when you have a uh, even a guy, of course, he play, his dad played in the NBA, but even if you had a dad that played in college, just somebody that's used to has been around a lot of basketball, your feel for the game is just different when you are younger because your dad explains things to you in a way like other like. Um, dads that just didn't make it to the NBA, or trainers that just never really play any real elite level of basketball, just can't um, can't explain it to you. So yeah, and you see that in Darius, like in the the confidence, because Darius is young. He only 23, 24, yeah, Like so, he's young. He's a kid. Like he our age. <laughs> so so uh, he is. He's him. Um, but to the other small backcourt that's looking great, six and three Hawks, four C right now. Um, Trey is Trey. I'm not worried about that. They're on like a 67 to some 20 something run. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And a lot of that was due to DeJounte, um, who I wanted to get into and why that pairing is similar to this, uh, the Cavaliers pairing, and a little bit opposite though, because Trey is more of a natural point guard, but when you watch the Hawks, DeJounte does a little bit better job of controlling the tempo for them, Mm -hmm. simply because Trey is still young. And he that three ball, he get three happy. Yeah. So he'll get into a mode where he'll just start jagging him up three. And as much as we like to compare him to Steph, he does not shoot the ball like exactly. Steph. Um, so he can get in a cold streak, but DeJounte will get the ball from him, right. slow him down. And Trey isn't great off ball yet, but you can tell they're working on it with him. Yeah. And he's catching and shooting a little bit more. And even if he's not catching and going up, he's catching and attacking. It's no holding the ball. I'm going to catch the ball and then back up, exactly. do my between, get my pick. So I love that pairing as well. What have you uh, seen from all So kind of like you said, this this pairing is the opposite to track pairing. Mm-hmm. And like you said, and, and I sure. did notice this with Trey Young, and it's understandable coming from a person who just led the league in points. And <laughs> he's kind of stuck on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even going back to, let's say, Oklahoma, Traylon's been the best point guard he's ever played with. Yeah. Ever. There yeah. was not a time where he should not be bringing the ball. Exactly. Now that he has someone like DeJounte who can help run the offense, not only take pressure off him scoring, take pressure off him facilitating, Trey Young doesn't got to be stuck on automatic mm-hmm. the whole 40. Exactly. And you've seen that where you get these bursts out of him where five, six, seven minutes, mm-hmm. ice straight, Trey Young time. Like top five in the, top five in the world sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> and like you said, he's going to get better off the ball. He's already gotten better mm-hmm. off the ball. But as he becomes more familiar with 
moving without the ball because he's already a really good shooter. Yes, a phenomenal shooter. Yeah. And his percentage is going to go way up once he stops needing to take such bad threes. Yes. Because, I mean, he's scoring at a high level, and his three-point percentage isn't terrible. No. But the volume and difficulty of these threes mm-hmm. hold his efficiency down a lot. But with DeJounte there, you're going to get a lot of more easy shots. What I have liked with DeJounte is just a pure intensity. Just a just a pure forty eight minutes because he over the summer you know he did this thing with Paolo yeah. you know it was like calm down yeah <laughs> now it's like oh yeah that's really that's, that's him. him that's him that's who he is and it's much more controlled in the NBA environment exactly. it's like it's exactly what you want yeah so it's not too much not too little it's a perfect amount and uh, Trey Young's dad didn't play in the NBA so, <laughs> Trey so he's his point guard he doesn't have the the slow the, it down. Yeah, the slow it down mentality that Darius Garland had. But, and I think something for Trey, and I know they have told him this, but it's, like you said, he's been the best point guard player on every team since he was eight years old. Yeah. So his his the ball has been in his hand since middle school. Like, he's been able to dribble the air out the ball since middle school because it was like, well, he probably was getting 40 and 12 in middle school. So right. what you going to say? Yeah. Um, but at this age, at this stage in your career, everybody in the NBA is good, obviously. So what you're telling him at this point is, yo, I know you can take that shot anytime you want to. I know you can do six uh, between the legs and take that side step three and get it off anytime you want to. But you're going to feel a lot better taking that if you've gotten two or three wide open shots before that. Exactly. If you've gotten four or five wide open threes or wide open um, Darius, I mean not Darius, DeJounte kick it to you, you pump fake step back into the three. You get a lot more quicker shots off. Now you're in rhythm. So now in the fourth quarter when you are taking over the game and you're walking the ball up the court and it's kind of like you and Capella just working to pick a roll, now you're in a little bit more rhythm to take them shots. You're not two for 14 still trying to get those up. Right. So that is where DeJounte comes into play. That's where I think Nate McMillan, their coach, has to do a little bit better job of, well, I'm not going to say a better job. He just has to continue to instill in Trey, like, yo, we don't need them shots all the time. I know you're hot. I know you got 27. It's the third quarter. You feeling it. But we don't need that shot right now. You can get that shot off anytime you want to. And that's something that um, I think he should, he was working out with him. He should talk to Steph about. Yeah. Like, Steph is a perfect example. Like, <laughs> You know how like Steph is so frustrating. You know how like he's so good at it, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. Like, like I, I'm, I'm glad you watched him. the movie. ball, <laughs> but he's just running around like yo, like chill. I know what I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> and it's fr- it's super like you said, it's super frustrating to watch because yeah. it's like Steph. Do you know like he you shoot right the ball me. better than everybody? <laughs> he's right to man, he'll go four or five minutes. Everybody ball da da da, and then shot shot shot. 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 And, and you mentioned Trey Young getting better off the ball. I think he'll get a lot better off the ball. And like you said, working with Steph. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this that is going to help him because when you're on the ball the whole game, taking a roll, sprinting, sprinting, running, running. Trey Young, what Steph Curry does, we we talked about this a couple weeks ago, is he traffics a lot of easy layups, a lot of back cuts, like easy yes. stuff yes. like that. Yes. And if Trey Young can get off the ball with having a great playmaker like DeJounte, and he's an amazing finisher, mm-hmm. even with his size, um, you see Steph do it. He'll catch it, just throw it up. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, catch it, go mm-hmm. right up. And I think Trey Young has that type of ability. Trey Young has one of the best footers in the game. He does. So getting him off the ball, letting him move, and then getting him being comfortable enough to work off the screens, where because Trey Young kind of has wider shoulders mm-hmm. for a guy his yeah. size, where you can really try to navigate defenders. You can mm-hmm. use that what they're doing against you because yes. like you've seen versus the Ben versus Ben Simmons in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, Trey, you you six, you know, six one if that maybe if that they put Ben Simmons on you. It's a playoff game. They're not going to call that foul. You know, we got to be able to do something else because sometimes they just going to push you and not call it. Exactly. Which happened last night. I was yeah. at the I was at the game last night. Uh, shout out to my parents for getting us tickets. Uh, 
I was at the game last night, and um, it was like they almost lost that game because of Trey terrible shot selection. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they also almost won the game because he was cooking, but then it got to the end of the game, and like I said, he's not Steph yet, so that, that shot will is a little streaky. So um, you see Steph hit one, and you be like, all right, he's on. Trey is a little bit different than that. Um, and I thought earlier in the fourth quarter he should have, because they, they had like a they had a 13-point lead or a 12-point lead with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And you know, uh, you know, young guys, it's yeah. just like you want that dagger. You, you want, want that. You, you want that seat. dagger. Yeah. So he ca- he shot two bad threes. He shot no. It was a bad three, and then he took it to the hole and didn't get the call he had been getting all game. Yeah. And they came right back. It was a it was an eight point swing, just like that two point game. They came back, winning the overtime. Especially for Trey, because Trey's a showman. He's a showman. Yes, yeah. that's a that's an excellent point in this. Is that he is a showman, which is nothing wrong with that, because a lot of the, no, Braun is a showman. Yeah, Braun is a showman. Lucas is a showman. Steph is a. Show- a lot of these great players are showman. Jaws is a showman. So. When you have that in you, you want to end the crowd. Was, it was lit last night. It was like, and I've been to a couple of games. They don't always be like that. It was loud in there last night. So I know he was feeling that energy. And again, hey, I work on this. So like, hey, it's Trey Young, <laughs> like, Young again. Like I, I, I averaged thirty and twelve. I worked on this. Like, don't play with me. So I, it's not like a disrespect. It's just like if you want to get to that next level, you got to be able to control your your urges, <laughs> for uh, lack exactly. of a better word. And Trey Young is in the same spot that I said Jason Tatum was in last mm-hmm. year, which we did see him improve. They ended up getting to the mm-hmm. finals. Is you're a that. borderline superstar talent, yes. superstar, and you can make these shots. Yes, but you don't need to for 48 minutes. No, thank you. You can take. You can be a superstar for five minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's enough to win the game. Yes, but it's just so hard to be perfect for 48 minutes, like. Luca is playing amazing. Steph is playing MVP level. You know, you st- it's still other things need to happen. Yes. So, you know, him deferring to DeJounte is just going to pay off in the long run for, um, for sure. Before we get off, I, need, I have two things the Hawks need to do. Because DeJounte and Trey are finals worthy. Is a finals worthy backcourt. Yeah. They have to figure out in the next year or two what they're going to do with John Collins. Because yeah. he's not championship brother. Capella, Trey, and Dejounte work so well together. You can Capella can be your starting big. You can leave them there. They got him locked up. You have to find somebody to take John Collins' contract and get you somebody. Get another stretch big um, that's a little bit bigger because that their issue is kind of what the Cavs' issue is not. They don't got enough size behind them, so when Trey gets beat, which he does a lot because he's a lazy defender, that is the biggest knock on this game. He's a terrible defender. I watched yeah. his life. Like, he's awful. Bad. It's just if you want to attack Trey, you're going to score almost. Or you're going to get a call. You're going to get something's good's going to happen if you attack him. He's terrible. Um, so DeJounte is phenomenal, though, and he and he will guard you for 94 feet. So to help Trey out on defense, you need a better rim protector. Um, um to replace John Collins. That because I like I like DeAndre Hunter. I think DeAndre Hunter can be a perfect three to go along with them as he gets older because the window is not this year. The win- they're looking at the next couple years. Next right. couple years as a yeah. window. So for the next five or six years they can keep this core together. You're four or five. They can be in the Eastern Conference Finals really looking to get to the finals, but they can't do that with John. A name there. you hear a lot to Los Angeles that we're gonna talk about in a second mm-hmm. the Lakers, right? Is Miles Turner. If I was the Hawks, Miles Turner would be my number one priority. It, seriously, he, he would be. be the. I I have to seriously listen. I'm not gonna super overpay for Miles Turner, but I definitely. I'll give up, I'll give up John Collins for Miles yeah, Turner for sure because Miles Turner will add the size and the defense that you need. And he can shoot. And he can shoot. 
And he's going to get way more open shots in Atlanta than he is in Indiana. And he's going to play way harder in Atlanta than he is in Indiana. Yeah, so. and, I, and I rock with Atlas. I'm glad you mentioned it. I love Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. When the season started, people asked who's the third best player in the Hawks. I said Clint Capella. I agree. Clint Capella has been the second slash third best player on several teams mm-hmm. that could have won the NBA Finals. Yes. Great Illison. Great player. I like I like players that know their limitations. Exactly. We talked about Trey Young. Trey Young, a superstar. Trey Young, take, take that seven, not seven, take his 35-footer. <laughs> It's Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Clippers not going to do that. No. Clippers will catch the ball, dunk the ball, or pass the ball. Yes. Yes. And that's the beauty of it. We talk about Draymond Green all the time as a master of your role. Clint Capella fits that description yeah. perfectly, right? He don't do, ever do too much. Same. You never you never exactly. hear uh, anybody say, why did he shoot that to Clint Capella? Because he never does anything like that. Right. So um, you, never, you never click a possession, see it, and think, man, Clint Capella just took that mini. <laughs> Clint Capella is very Took that mini. That's crazy. Think about it. Of all the players that have like played big, played this role, played the role of the role man in the pick and roll. Clint Butler, the only one that makes you jumpers. Because about all he do, I'm gonna set the pick. I'm gonna set the pick. I'm a and something else we didn't mention about before we get off the Hawks, because I do want to jump into Jason Tatum just for a second. <laughs> He's a phenomenal passer. Crazy. Insane. He is a, a phenomenal passer. Crazy. Because of that, him playing off ball, yeah. just get more passing lanes open, bro. Right? Exactly. You get the defense moving, they switching, as well as you pass the ball, you'll get so many more assists just off that. And, like, Clint Capella is an excellent lob threat. Coming from uh, James Harden to Trey Young was like, wow, this is perfect for Clint yeah, Capella. Exactly. So, um, Justin Jefferson scored. Shout out to your fantasy team. Let's go. Um, Shout out my fantasy uh, team. Uh, right. So, uh, but to Tatum, real quick, yeah. I just want to mention. Shut up again. <laughs> I don't know what y'all were talking about. Like, he fell off because he had an okay finals. So he came back. He looks like an MVP again. And something else I've noticed from Tatum is he stopped shooting so many jumpers. I don't know who got in his head and was like, yo, you can shoot a jumper anytime you want to. You're 6'8. You can get to the mid range anytime you want to. I know you love Kobe, but you're not Kobe. He's just attacking. Like, stop me. <laughs> stop me from getting to the hole. And I love it, bro. It, it, it was funny because he's talking about this. Like, unless they're going to play. The Warriors' defense for 82 games. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> he embarrassed the rest of the league except one. T- okay, you didn't win championship. That's fine. He still looks amazing. <laughs> he looks really good. And no one thought like, damn, he's him lost the. Well, oh, this is what they were saying. Damn, he's him lost the finals. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> he's, he's like 25. <laughs> and listen, I know there's a lot of drama around the Celtics, Doka, things like that. That's a really good basketball team. Yeah. And like you said, yeah. <laughs> Jason Tatum wasn't lacking any skill sets or parts of his game. It was no. decision-making. Every mm-hmm. year, that's going to get a little better. Exactly. And sometimes things can happen to accelerate that process. At a finals, like, a finals against the Warriors, we'll do that. Like you go across the middle of a wide receiver, you get hit, maybe you run different routes. <laughs> you lose the game final shooting jumpers. Maybe because you're six eight, whatever. No, maybe that's your attack. You start running, <laughs> and really, who's gonna get in his way? He is. He, listen, if you did that last year, series probably go different. Maybe so. Another reason I want to touch on who I think is an older Jay Tatum, Paul George. Paul George looked crazy, and and again, NBA season is funny because people will come out and be like, "Yo, what's happening with so and so?" Paul George had a couple bad games because he was, he missed a lot of last season. Yeah. Um, he was rehabbing during this off season a lot. I don't think he got to work out until like the last couple weeks. So um, he's getting back into the groove of things. I don't know what's up with Kawhi's knee. I don't know if Kawhi is out due to management or if his knee just isn't feeling how they wanted to. I don't really know, yeah. but. 
if he come back and he look like he did in the first couple minutes of that Lakers game, yeah, they're going to, man, they're going to be tough. I rock with Kawhi playing. Like, like, I rock with Kawhi playing like once a week. It feels like the guy who hoop when he got like a bad job. So we only hoop with y'all every couple of weeks. When he come hoop crazy, that's what I think Kawhi is. Like, Kawhi, I know, I think Kawhi, to your, to your question, I think there's something with his knee, like when he's trying to control just how much he does mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. And, you know, do it in a very controlled environment. But I think they'll be fine without him. As long as he's yeah. good when it's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, this is, but we're through, we're, <laughs> after Monday, everybody will have played. So every, tomorrow, everybody in the NBA plays uh, because nobody's playing on election day. Yeah. Uh, so, after Monday, everybody will have played ten games. So you'll start to see a little bit more, a little bit more intensity yeah. through these games because these standings do matter. The first ten games, you can kind of just fill it out. And like you said, the Warriors, the Warriors right now, they're thirteen seed. The um, Clippers are the eighth seed. The Timberwolves, who we thought were going to be pretty good, are the tenth seed. The Nuggets are only the fifth seed. Portland is a fourth seed, and the Jazz are the second seed. You will see those start to move around in the next two or three, two and a half, three weeks. Um, by the time we come in here and do the show around Thanksgiving, these standings will look a little bit different, and that is because you will, like I said, you will see these guys starting to ramp up. But the Clippers are one team I'm not worried about because they made the playoffs last year. Uh, without PG and Kawhi. So they'll be fine. And John Wall is another person I want to give a huge shout-out to yeah, after coming off great. and not playing any basketball for two years. But he looks really good as a phenomenal backup point guard. Yeah. Like, a backup point guard that anybody in the NBA would want. Like, it was exactly. – yes, so he looks great. Um, he's attacking. He's not doing too much. His jumper looks better than it did when he left. So uh, that is somebody else I want to uh, give a shout-out to. Um, before we take a break, you want to go Warriors or Lakers? It was the Lakers. Okay. <laughs> Um. All right. So, also shout out to the Jazz. I don't think y'all are doing anything, but shout, shout out, out to the Sexton, shout bro. out to the Jazz. Yeah. Shout out Colin Sexton and Lori Mark and y'all been y'all been moving. Yeah, for real. Um. But hundred million dollars, man. Shout out to you. To the Lakers. <laughs> we told y'all. <laughs> we told y'all, man. We told y'all what's up, boy. Ain't 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 gonna. I don't gotta say too and much. Now that I got lead pass, Bron one of the funny. Bron one of the three funniest athletes on earth. Bron LeBron James. I will go down in history as LeBron James is one of the three funniest athletes ever to watch this planet, dog. Because you can tell how much LeBron don't care. <laughs> and I don't even know if this is a league pass game, but the Pelican game? Did you watch the Pelican game, bro? No, I was asleep. I, I was oh asleep. my god, bro. The <laughs> Pelicans game. The last, I heard it was hilarious, though. The last bro. seven minutes of that Pelicans game, first of all, might have been the worst LeBron I've ever seen <laughs> on offense. No exaggeration. <laughs> Even outstanding the Heat Finals <laughs> when they lost in Mavs. Man, the last seven minutes, Braun come down. They say he's sick. Uh-huh. They say he's sick. <laughs> come down, I swear to God, Zion in front of him, it's like you can see, like, you know, in the movies where it'll get dark. You know, see <laughs> Somehow at the top of the key is Zion and Braun. So ESPN and go dark. <laughs> it's like, oh, the future. Braun, I so dribble between his, like, maybe 10 seconds. I should have made a way to miss. And I swear to God, for the last five minutes, Braun is just throwing up stinkers at the rim. <laughs> and random Lakers just keep getting offense rebounds. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. They literally would not let him lose, bro. And he oh, go all the way down to they down three with however many seconds left. And Matt Ryan catch it in the corner and yeah. drill a three. Drill it, boy. And go dap up Max is nice. Yo, he ignore man. LeBron James to go dap up Max is nice I'm, and famous Los. I'm watching it live. He hit the three. 
He walk around like he just won the title belt, talking to everybody. I'm really him. Door dash Matt Ryan. Listen, that <coughs> that Lakers game with a bunch Braun shot selection at this point. Right now, as we speak, I think Braun's the worst shooter in the league at 40%. No exaggeration. Of qualified candidates, he's the worst three-point shooter. Bro, it's so, like, you can just sell it. It's so effortless. Oh. It's so effortless. Like, you catch it, jab. Look at it, jab. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it up. He in the underside of the rim. And I swear to God, he threw it up on the left wing. Oh, it boy. hit. And I was like, damn, is that going out of bounds? And Austin Reeves, like he had the Robin score, come flying from the opposite corner to get the board and he get fouled. Man, <coughs> so the Lakers are bad. Oh, man. Yeah, we said, he said all that just to say the Lakers are not good. But I'm not going to let y'all put this on Russ. Oh, yeah, clap it up for us. Clap it up for Russ. Oh, we got some applause. Clap it up clap for us. For, for real, for real, man. I'm not going to let, because Russ Munn playing his best basketball in the last Russ, couple of games. Russ has kept his head on straight. Y'all made the Hall of Fame superstar point guard, first dude, average triple-double in 50 years, go to the come off the bench. Yeah. Like, that was an issue. When it's really, really number six that need to go to the bench. I know it's not going to happen, because that's the wrong. And it's crazy. Do it, I'm not going to let y'all put it on AD either. No. Because, listen, AD saw it. AD just, I've been telling y'all, y'all just got to let AD be who he is, bro. Y'all got to stop acting AD to be something he not. AD not mean, man. AD not a mean guy. He just not. You know what? You know what people don't get? So, do you know any hypochondriacs? Like, people who are, like, always sick? Um. Or, like, they always think they got something wrong with them? Yeah, Taylor. Yep. So, my dad is like that. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Because you know sometimes they're going to tell you they don't, you know, something's wrong. He's like, nigga, shut up. What? (laughs) Taylor told me she got autism. So, you know, sometimes they're just going to tell you something. We're going to be like, you know, never won. So, A.D. falls and he grabs his leg. And, you know, he's Just let A.D. chill. Y'all don't got an MRI, A.D. Just let him be hurt for a couple They be like, he's grabbing his back again. So, I'm like, that's how he copes, y'all. Y'all ever thought about that? No, some people just do that, bro. Like, yeah. who can do it? Luca, Luca, every game. Patrick Mahomes has it too. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes walk like he's limping all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, some people just do it. Yeah, that. bro. Can y'all please just let AD who listen, AD is not what we thought he was gonna be, which is fine. Oh. Which is fine. AD's not an elite shooting big man anymore, mm-hmm. which is okay. Nope. He's still an elite defensive big man. Exactly. Still gonna keep 20 points in the paint. Yes. Great offensive rebounder yes. still. Phenomenal. Make her struggle rebounding. AD's been better on that. But um They're just bad. And that's a simple thing about it. They just don't have a good roster, and it's okay. They're, they're going to win some games because they're fun. They're just not good. They're fun to watch, though. They're, they're, you know they're why really they're, fun to you watch. You know why they're so fun? Because somebody hit a three in the stadium. Like, hold on. Like, <laughs> like is something happening? Like, Austin Reeves hit a three. It was like, holy oh, shit. Like, the stadium erupted. Lakers are so, oh, so funny. Lakers being bad is so funny for TV because, like, you just never know, like, Oh, is this game of the year? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, is this game of the year versus the Pelicans? Like, yo, here they are trading haymakers. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to the Lakers, dude. But I, seriously, I do want to give a shout out to Rush for coming off yeah. the bench, making an impact immediately. Um, so And coming off the bench specifically because, fam, this is Russell Westbrook. This is Russell Westbrook. This is seriously Russell Westbrook. Like, stop it. This isn't, and this isn't, you know, they talk about other superstars. 
This isn't Russell Westbrook blew his knee out. Yes. And this isn't John Wall, a situation. But this is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I've been healthy. Two years ago, I was averaging a triple-double in Washington, and I got them to the playoffs. And last year, I was the most healthy player on the team. I played 82 games, 80 games last year. So, the thing about Russ – okay, so, schematically, seriously, for a little bit uh, before we go to break. The issue with the Lakers is <laughs> – they think LeBron James is still 27 years old. <laughs> and he's not. LeBron James is not the dude that's going to um, create for everybody. And he has this helocentric offense that they're going to run, and he can win a championship because he's pretty much the only guy that's ever done it that way. The thing is, bro, unfortunately, and I know you guys don't want to admit this, but you guys need to hand the keys to Russ. It's not. Russ is the engine. Russ will get everybody involved. Russ has been playing the way you guys need to play for the past seven years. Yo, give me the ball. I'm going to run the break. I'm going to attack. I'm going to kick to the shooters. Russ knows how to do that. You guys don't have any shooters, right? Okay. But what you do have is somebody that can get to the hole at will in Russell Westbrook. What does that make? What does that happen? When you have somebody that is getting to the hole at will, what are you doing? You're bringing two defenders. You bring two defenders, you kick one out. All right, you're not kicking it out to the shooter, but now the defense is moving, so you can find Matt Ryan, you can find Austin Reeves. Now, LeBron, instead of the whole defense looking at you because you don't jump like you used to, you are strong as you used to, but because you don't jump like you used to, these young boys that's coming across the middle can swatch your shit now. So, and you will step slower. So now you're not just blowing by people no more. You really got to work to get by them. And you're not, you not Kyrie. You're not McCollum. You're not Steph. No, no, you saw the clip when they played the Warriors. You don't got no combos, dude. Like, you don't got. I've never seen someone get in front of LeBron that fast. Jonathan Kaminga charge, I've never seen someone. It like he was moving in slow motion. Bro, like, you're not, you not who you used to be, and that's okay because you're still really, you're really good still. Bro, but, but you're not playing to your strengths because you're trying to be somebody you're not no more. And I get it. It's been 20 years that you're doing this. And you're a billionaire. And you a billionaire. You up a billy, dude. A billion dollars. And you in L.A. The hole's there. I know you. I know. Bro, really up two billion. To be honest. Probably. He might be up three. Also, we always talk about uh, him being a billionaire. We don't mention he got his own facility at Nike. That's a fact. He got a own he facility. Own it's yeah. a whole wing dedicated to LeBron James. And guess what, Ish? He got a school. And two years, he'll be playing basketball with his son. Two years, he'll be playing with his son. Seven years, he's going to be playing with Bryce, too. <laughs> so, look, bro, I get it. I really do. But you need to just take a step back and let Russ run the show. Because if Russ run the show, you can get some easy buckets off points. Your jumper will start falling a little bit more. We can throw it to you in the post, in the mid post. You can take your Kobe fade away. You can do all of that. But you can't run the offense no more. And that's okay, LeBron, because y'all suck anyway. Let, let me, and let you me, got a billion dollars. Let me do something I didn't, I didn't think I would ever have to do on this show. Make sure the mic is right. All right. Okay. All right. LeBron don't know. But LeBron is good. LeBron is a good dude. And schematically... The problem with the Lakers is, and I, and I really want to emphasize this, they don't have any elite perimeter scorers. And I want y'all to really listen to what I'm saying. 
there is no one on the Lakers who can create their own shot from the perimeter. Now listen to what I'm saying. LeBron, a player on the Lakers, cannot create his own shot on the Lakers. Everyone is talking about, man, their shit was so bad from three. Lakers suck. Well, first of all, you got trash shooters, right? But if you got bad shooters, you got somebody who's like, yo, I'm going to go get a bucket. Those end of possessions, those swinging around five seconds, Pat Beverly's not throwing up the floater. Yeah. The problem is when you swing it around LeBron and he look at the ball, he will step back. That shot got a 20% chance of going. <laughs> the Lakers cannot afford to not play the way Russ is playing. The different, the reason the Lakers win when Russ is playing the way he is now with the ball is because you have to get easy shots. And Russell Westbrook's pace creates more easy shots than they are going to get. Just run the pick and roll, throw it to AD, kick it back out to LeBron. Teams are happy to – how many teams in the NBA are really happy to play one-on-one with every perimeter player on the team? They're, they're ecstatic. <clears throat> when LeBron catches it – and this sounds crazy to say, bro. I hope Bron never see me say this, honestly. I hope when these clips come out in a couple in a couple hours, he don't ever see them. Even when we blow. Please don't bring these clips back up. I'm putting it in the clip. Uh- <laughs> First of all, LeBron, when we at the, the Rock Nation brunch, don't bring this up. <laughs> don't bring this up, bro. Don't ignore us because we said this. We I just being honest, bro. It's our job. All right, so look. You work a billion, bro. Look. Hey, bro. Do you know how happy <laughs> When LeBron spin that ball and they know he ain't finna pass it, they like, oh, thank God. Oh, my God. Thank God. <laughs> and I'm watching the game. I'm watching the Pelicans and it all goes back to the Pelican game. Where I told you, also, they got like four straight offensive rebounds. Fifth possession down. He's dribbling and the Pelicans are still up. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to shoot it again. I'm like, oh, my God, there's no way he shoots this again. And then he showed it again. Like, shot it again, dude. It, it is, it is. It is a unfixable problem for the Lakers. Unfixable. And people talking about, you know, we're gonna bring in bring in Miles Turner. Y'all need to bring in somebody who can dribble. <laughs> y'all need to bring in somebody who can get a buck. That's who y'all need to get. Y'all was focused on, you know, listen, I said Lonnie Walker's gonna be a great acquisition. He's been playing great. Y'all should have got Kyle Sexton. Y'all should have got a six man for years. The, La- the Lakers had two six men. They had Lou Williams and what's his other Jordan Clarkson. And Jordan Clarkson. Two six minutes a year, you need secondary scoring like that, especially on Lakers. The first, you don't got a point guard. Nope. And if you're gonna say LeBron is gonna be our main playmaker, LeBron don't have nearly the engine to be your playmaker for forty minutes. No. And like you said, and then still go get you twenty seven. Exactly. You know, listen. And that's okay. Go get the points. Let's not be mistaken. <laughs> Kareem will be caught. Kareem will be caught this year. Let's let's not <laughs> mistake that. Let's not mistake that Kareem will be caught this year. But but, but the the third quarter, Braun coming down, yelling out they defense. <laughs> yo, you cut, yo, go, go. Like that, it's over. Hey, it's over. And I don't know if Braun know it yet. But listen, Braun Braun was a good dude. He was. <laughs> he was a good dude. He was, bro. And look, bro. Hey, bro, if you want the glory, you want the fame, you want the credit, tell Russ, hey, bro, hey, bro, look, I know this a little wrong, but these are my last few years. You take over one through three and give me four. 
<laughs> give me four. Give me quarter four. I'm going to do what I do. You save your energy for quarter four. Now you can be the guy putting the pressure on the defense because you got a little bit more energy. Now when Giannis come to town, you tell Russ you got all four quarters today and you just go to the mid post because you don't want to see Giannis at that rim no more, dude. You just don't. It's okay. So It's, it's so... <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than he's just such a good dude, bro. <laughs> because he just can't get by people no more. And it's so sad, bro. It's like it's like watching an old pass rusher not be able to get the edge, bro. Like he's trying so hard to dip that shoulder. Bro, he tried his best, bro. And he's just like, I love you, bro. Man, he tried to keep signing the in and out sign and he move. Like, what you gonna do? Go by me? Like Yo, the Lakers are bad, man. Uh-huh. And you know what? We'll pivot to the Warriors. The Warriors are bad, too. Bro. Yeah, the Warriors suck. I don't want that to be. I'm the biggest Warriors fan, but guess what? We just won the championship. Warriors, Warriors ain't going to win the game for the rest of the year. I'm going to be straight. We got the four. That's all I need. So, 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 to the Warriors, bro. My God. Um, <laughs> so, seriously, the Warriors, the problem is we don't have to stay on this too long. Their defense is terrible. It's nothing. It's just the defense. Their offense looks perfectly fine. Steph looks incredible, actually. Steph. The, surprisingly, because of that finals, it looks like Steph's confidence somehow went up even yeah. more. And so, so, hey, so I'm so glad you mentioned that because I just remembered their offense is starting to change. Mm-hmm. And Steve, it looks like Steve Kerr is like, I don't listen to this, that's what I'm saying. After four championships, Steve's like, Steve Kerr is finally giving up mm-hmm. and letting Steph run a lot more mm-hmm. high pick and roll mm-hmm. in the regular season yeah. as opposed to the playoffs. Yeah. And because of that, you've seen such a, a drastic rise in his numbers. Yeah. But his assist numbers, especially. Exactly. But what you mentioned is exactly correct. Exactly correct. Their defense is terrible, but I'm not worried. No. Man. And I'm not worried about James Wiseman either. Neither. Which, which, if, if, for the people that know him for a very time, very long time, that may be interesting. Because James Wiseman yeah. is on the list of people that I hate. Yeah. But, <laughs> I think he's been. I You're think older he's, than him. I definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the OG. Just some respect, man. What? <laughs> I remember I was, I was his OG. <laughs> but I, I think he's looked good. Oh and the God. biggest problem with their defense isn't that yo they need to trade for a. They're late on every rotation, bro. And because they're late on every rotation, they are fouling people. At a tremendous rate. That is insane. <laughs> it's not like, listen, the Warriors get a lot of trash calls. I'm not even going to mention Jordan Poole carries. That's yeah. just hilarious. But a lot of times in the NBA, I'd say 40% of the fouls in the NBA are, I'm late on this rotation. Mm-hmm. So I should be standing here. Yes. But because I'm late, he's jumping from there. Yes. So now i got to foul you. Exactly. Especially the people on the Warriors because, I mean, Two or three people maybe block shots. Yeah. One. Wiseman, Dre, and maybe. Draymond don't even block shots no more. He used to, but yeah, he don't even get up like that. Yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't either. It's contract year. <laughs> it's contract year. <laughs> I, I was just one four. It's game seven. What am I jumping for, bro? Don't bro, get... like, oh, this is what happened. Oh, my God. I just remember. Shout out to the Warriors. All right, so they suck. We can move on. But that Devin Booker, Clay Thompson thing was so oh, fun to watch live, God, bro. bro. Yo, De- shout out Devin Booker, bro. Shout out Devin Booker. <laughs> Because I want to know what you said to him. Bruh, you had to say something so crazy. Because Clay Thompson didn't stop talking. Clay Thompson lost it. Clay Thompson lost it. And I understand because Devin Booker do play an annoying game. He do do the run off the pick and roll. Stop, fall forward. Ah, like, he do all that. But 
the CP3 special. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but for bro, sure. It was so bad. They called a tech on somebody else. <laughs> and the entire time they were handling that tech. Devin he was still it, talking. And it wasn't like, you know, the players, they be talking. No, Clay Thompson is born into, <laughs> like, just going at him. And you like, just keep seeing him throwing up yeah, the four. <laughs> four, four. Like, yeah, bro. Like, yeah. I want to, I, I need, I wish there were, you know what I wish? You know what, y'all can keep this idea. I just need a couple, maybe I'll do I think HBO should step in and be like, yo, we're going to mic the players up uncensored, HBO only, no kids. That would be crazy. You, you, you don't even got to do it for every game. Don't even do it for every game. Don't even do it for every The playoff, playoff series. Playoff series, do it for a player. Give me a, a week for this player. Crazy. That would be hilarious, Because what did you what did you say to Clay Thompson? What did you say? The games Clay Thompson has been in, the player, the like the moment, and he's never lost his cool no, like that. Never. And he just Clay Thompson blew his. And you've seen Clay Thompson talk before. Clay Thompson be talking. <laughs> so I don't know what he, I don't know what he said, but he got himself ejected. <laughs> it was something so, ain't never been ejected before. Bro, it was so bad he got the first sec. I was like, okay, he's probably gonna calm down, and he took got, it he got more mad. Yeah. <laughs> Like, man, that's a tight. Like, stop, bro. <laughs> it was like, yo, Clay, chill. Like, like it's okay, bro. Like, it's, it's a six-game six yeah. season, dude. But but I think the Warriors will be fine. No, I, don't no, think, no. I don't think James Wiseman's trash. I don't no. think – bro, the idea that you can't teach a player how to play defense is ludicrous to me. Especially someone who has played 40 games in five seasons, bro. He didn't play college. He was hurt. There was a pandemic to shorten it. He has not played at all, bro. So joining one of the most complicated defensive systems in the NBA. And offensive. I'm sure he'll be fine. I've seen some things on offense that need to be improved. But oh, yes, I've seen a lot that needs to be improved, but he's 20 years old, bro. Like, like, okay, he, he doesn't catch oops well. That's fine. We can teach him. seven foot. We can teach him that. Because he can just catch it and land. Mm-hmm. And he's done that. He's done that. Exactly. Like, he's going to be fine. You don't need to, oh, my God, break, the, break it up. You need to make a trade. <laughs> Unless it's for KD. If oh, the Nets blow up after we take the break, we'll get into the Nets blow up. We will take KD for anybody on our team. Um, so, uh, but before we get off the Warriors, uh, you can go ahead and put a song on the bed. We can get uh, to it. But I do want to mention, uh, yeah, the Warriors system is so complex that, like, a young player isn't going to have fun playing in it. That's the issue with the Warriors. Is it's not fun for young players initially because you're like, why are they making me set 17 million screens? Yeah, and like the built-in stuff that you really can't argue. With. And not only are they asking you to set screens, like somebody's running into your chest 50 times a game. It's like it's exhausting. So yes, so there's a clip of Wiseman uh Steph getting mad cuz uh Wiseman's not setting a pick aggressive enough. And it's like he doesn't know yet. Yeah. Like he really doesn't understand how important those that extra second it took you to set the pick slows yeah. our offense down that much longer and we need every second of the shot clock yeah. to do what we're doing to get into the set we're doing. And so he doesn't understand that yet. They're gonna teach him that. They're gonna Steve Kerr is letting him play through his mistakes. The one thing I do uh after this game and um and uh what's the face? Good job, Justin Fields, touchdown. Um after this game and um 
who did they just play? The Pelicans. They just played yeah. the Pelicans. Jonathan Kaminga, the main starters, didn't play. So Jonathan Kaminga got to play 38 mm-hmm. minutes, and he looked great. I expect him to fall back into the rotation. Don't know why he fell out of it, Steve Kerr, but he looks like he'll be back in the rotation. I think that is the piece that needs to be worked more because he looks a little bit more advanced in wise minutes. So I think they need to be trying to work him in. And he's actually a really good defender once he buys in. He's just young, and yeah. some young players can't play that. I'm only going to get 10 minutes, and if I make a mistake, I'm getting snatched out. People, some people just can't grab their confidence like that. So I think he needs to just let Kaminga make his mistakes in these next seven, eight games and really uh, go to the film session and just have some one-on-one conversations like, hey, look, this is what you need to do here, blah, blah, blah. And have Draymond and Iggy talk to him. Um, and have Looney and Iggy and Draymond talk to Wiseman about being like doing your job, bro. Like you're not – you're not who you think you are. Yeah. You're not who you were at Memphis. You're not who you were in high school. You're not here to do that. You're not here to take 15 shots. You're not here to shoot mid-range jumpers and threes and show all your awesome. You're not here to do that. You are here to rebound, block shots, catch lobs, catch uh, drop-off passes and dunk the ball and make your free throws um, and take charges. That's what you're here to do. So buy into that. Buy into that because if you buy into that, you're going to look way better than you even are. You're going to look insane. You're going to get a contract that you might not even really deserve to get if you buy into what we're doing. Yo, look. Look at them banners right there, dude. I know what I'm talking about. And eventually he's going to buy in. He's just young. He's new. He's fresh. And you got to think he's excited. He got his friends watching and shit. So, like, him not really getting the touches he probably thinks he deserves and things of that nature is probably frustrating him. But he got to get over that. But they'll be fine. And Clay Thompson's jump shot is the last thing I'm worried about. How did you feel about Dwight saying he loved to come in and talk to him? I, I am praying to God I get the notification in the next few weeks that we signed Dwight. Okay. Right. I'm praying to God because I, because the minutes Dwight could give for the five or ten minutes that Dwight could give in the playoffs just to close quarters or to open quarters just to be a big threat so people aren't getting easy buckets would be incredible. And something that he said that I never thought of because I'm not a big man is I can teach him the art of blocking shots. And I was like, damn, I didn't even think about that. But there probably is like – and I, like I said, I'm not about to make anything up, but there probably is things of like, hey, if he's coming from this angle, this is how yeah. you jump, this is what hands you go up with, so, and things of that nature. He could teach that Wiseman just literally doesn't. So rest know. in peace, Bill Russell. Bill Russell was one of the first people to try to stylize his block mm-hmm. in ways that would benefit his team. Bill Russell was notorious for not blocking shots out of bounds. Right. Where he would try to keep, he would he would almost outlet pass the ball mm-hmm. when he blocked it. Um, but you are absolutely right. Um, different angles, and I think Dwight's talked about this, um, not just the angles that they're coming at, but understanding the footwork of the offense as it pertains to them attacking you. Yes. Will lead you to a lot of blocks that wouldn't be there for other players because not only are you in position, you're so much bigger than them. Yeah. So I think James Wiseman yeah. having someone like Dwight could really, really help because – there's some things that Draymond just won't be able to teach you. Mm, yeah. Draymond does not know how to block shots and alter the vision of players. In the way the Dwight room, does. The way Dwight will, just because his pure size. I would love to uh, – I would, listen, I completely agree. I'm, I'm glad you feel the same. Um, and last thing is, on the Dwight thing, him and Steph in the pick and roll would be nasty. Because you double Steph. Hey, like, yo, it's Dwight Howard. That's Dwight. Why, why, why yeah. And also, he would help Kevon Looney, too. Like, I'm sure he can give Kevon Looney some game. Like, right. he's a lot older than Kevon. So, yeah, I, I would love Dwight. Especially in the NBA. I don't know if my team's going to do this now. Like, towards the playoffs, I would treat my roster like an NFL roster. NFL rosters have four running backs for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Four RCs for different reasons. If I know we're going to go seven deep, eight deep in the playoffs, I'm going to put three specialists on that bench, too. 
I'm gonna have a seven footer and okay, we play the Bucks. We need a seven footer for four minutes, Dwight. Go stand in the lane for four minutes, bro. That is a thing. That's the perfect thing. Um, and teams used to do this to their credit. And, and it was funny. I saw an interesting article on how teams were constructed differently mm-hmm. during the 2000 Lakers because teams would need three, four big mm-hmm. men to stop Shaq. Yeah. They would have to have yes. less skill for the yes. players yes. because they would have three or four trash seven footers. Yes. You've never heard of because, oh, yeah, we got to file Shaq 12 times a day. Yes, that's a, that's a great point. And last thing, with Dwight, like you just said, you know – the Bucks are an issue if you're gonna see him in the finals. You also know, you also know, a like if Robert Williams was healthy, the series might have went a wee little bit different. So go ahead, and get the white so you're prepped for that. So you're prepped for what's the face, and you remember what he did, how frustrated he made Jokic in that bubble. That's another thing. It would just help him. It would it would save so much of Draymond's energy if Dwight could come play. Like, yeah, in the Clippers series, you probably won't need him too much. But in the when you go play the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, are you tired of Ja uh, going to the hole and jumping from the free throw line trying to dunk on you? Put Dwight down there. So I don't know why they would not make that trade. I don't really don't. I mean, not trade, just make the sign. And we talked about him starting the show. Cavs got two seven-footers. Cavs got two seven-footers. You might have to see them, too. Bucks got Giannis. And Bucks got Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Nets got two seven-footers. Nets got Ben Simmons and uh, KD. So, yeah, like, it's, it and would Claxton be. And Claxton starter. And Claxton. I forgot about Claxton. Yeah, so, so that's three seven-footers. You will play at any team in the Eastern Conference. Oh, you got a big. You got to gotta get a big. So And they, they left their 15th roster spot open for somebody, yeah. and I think, I think it will be a big. I really do think it will be a big, unless in the next month or two you just see a jump from Wiseman. We're not expecting. But, yeah. Let's go to break and we'll get into some. Uh, I'll some Kodak, Kodak did just drop his 300 blackout. Oh, I forgot about Kodak album. That was a great album. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, it was great. All right, that. Pause that. Proposition. This is the radio show about nothing. Shout out Spotify. I want to shout out Josh Palmer, my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Spotify again, Apple, YouTube, all that. Oh, yeah, man. I'm going to shout out to Daryl for giving us his yeah. black bar, man. Always. Oh, shout out to Blue. <laughs> dropped his new collection. Yes, I did see that. And shout out to Kate. Dropped his new collection, uh, collection as well. Yeah, um, uh, luxury luxury apparel. Uh, luxury apparel. I am uh, real happy to see two young black kids in Atlanta doing luxury. Like, yeah. like they, you go tap, them ain't no $25 t-shirts. Yeah, like, no. K did that for some homeboys because he real. He dropped some fire t-shirts. Right. But, like, his real shit is, 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 is it's pricey. And it's, like, and it's stop, worth the price. Stop. Being upset when black people price is the same as the other luxury. Bro. Yeah, bro. And like, and stop being as young. It's a young black kid and his price is up. If he made the quality, if the quality is like that, and that's what he think you um he worth he uh he worth that. And people, real people, like the ones like <laughs> like celebrities being KDMs trying ready to get his shit. Right. So like, hey, hey, I'm, um, paying I'm paying for the shirt, bro. That hoodie he got, that Dove hoodie is crazy, oh, bro. Crazy. And it looked like I don't even got to feel it. I can tell that's great material. So, yeah, shout out to K and uh, Blue, for real. Um, but on to uh, – I want to I say it so bad. Yeah. I want to do what Kanye did on Drink Champ so bad. But I'm not because I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> but, man, I want to do it so bad. But uh, – uh, this is, a, this is one we're going to have to try lightly. Yeah. Like, we will use that word very carefully here. So. Vim. No. I <laughs> so. <laughs> first off. <laughs> KD. I am the ex you never should have left, dude. It's what Steph saying to you. I am the ex you never should have left. We be on five right now. We be working on five or six right now. Um, but. Um, we will get into it. All right. So. 
Kanye West started all of this. Let's let's get this out. Kanye West started yeah. all of this. He, as you guys know, he went and did the Drink Champs interview. Um, when he did the Drink Champs interview and talked about how the, the Jews had all of the power, um, had not all, but most of the power in the media and just throughout life in general. Um, he also said a very ignorant comment about George Floyd, which is what got pushed in the interview and which is why the interview was taken down. Yeah. Um, but, and because Revolt is owned by Diddy. Diddy is a billionaire. You don't get to billionaire without having relationships with them. Um, so he knew what was up. Like, yeah, take that down. You can't be saying that. So, um, but I watched a good bit of that Kanye interview, and I watched a couple of his other clips from the other things he had been saying. And same issue with Kanye as there it always is. Terrible delivery, right message. Terrible delivery. And this might go more... This might, other than the slavery is a choice thing, this is probably the worst he's ever delivered anything oh, yeah. that he's been right about. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so in the waking of that, and while that was happening, uh, Kyrie posted a link to a doc documentary that is on Amazon. Posted um, a screenshot. Posted a screenshot, actually. I found out Wasn't today. even a link. It was I, just a screenshot. Which I found out today. That is on Amazon. Um, again. And you know what? And, 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 and I don't want to get Nick because I didn't. Where I don't even want to defend Kyrie. I don't want to get Nick picky between the difference between screenshot and link. Mm. But those are very different things to post. Yes, 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 yes. Very different. Because you. Very because different. a lot. Listen. Very me, different. I, I want. My bad. I don't want to cut you off. But this is what they do. This is what they do. Mm -hmm. No, you good. Go. It's the dog we whistles. Right it's dog whistles for things that they're trying to say to you. Mm -hmm. Try to get you to understand. Try to convey to other people without really saying it. So what they'll say is. How do you got all these followers? He's using his platform to promote this. He didn't even post the link. It, it's super. So I, I was thinking about this on the drive over, just to restart. Um, I was like, damn, we didn't do the show last week. If you would have just waited, I had a whole segment talking about thanking Kyrie. Mm -hmm. Because the New York Supreme Court did rule in Kyrie's favor and in the millions of workers in New York that it was illegal to fire them. And do that stuff for the vaccine. So, you know, if you would have just vibe for a second, you know, you may have had a policy coming. You may, first of all, you may have some bread coming to you. Because it was illegal to not pay people during that time for not being vaccinated. Mm -hmm. which, is, which is for the state jobs. But, you know, yeah. of course, it could branch out further than that. But um, what this is right here, this is, uh, I said I had a message for Kyrie. And I really want you to, because I know you didn't see this. Because apparently you see everything. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you took a screenshot of it. But <clears throat> I need you to hold it down for one more year. Because, you know, I don't know how far we'll get political-wise and what's going on like Twitter and Elon. Things are changing right now, Kyrie. Things are changing in a much different direction. Yes, that is. And if you can hold on for a year... The media that you're talking about will not be the same mm -hmm. because a lot of things are going to change in the next couple of years with censorship, with the change in political power that's about to happen in the United States, where, you know, your freedom of speech may be a bigger topic for them than it is right now. Because mm -hmm. right now, nobody cares about that. Yeah. But first of all, like you said with Kanye... How you think to take things is really important. Yes. And I know, first of all, Kyrie... Especially as a black man. Especially as a black man. And I noticed you were upset. 
And I understand being upset because of the situation. And your answer, while not technically true, wrong, you were saying, I know where I come from. I could not be, you know, da da da. That may be one time just to come out and say, I'm not accessing that. That should maybe have been the first sentence. Just let's go ahead and get that out the way. I'm not anti-Semitic. Like, if you just wear that says, I am not anti-Semitic, I know where I come from. That comes off a lot different. Than I can't be. Than I can't be anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in Kyrie's mind, because he believes he is from this descent, mm-hmm. he does believe that he cannot be, be anti-Semitic. Exactly. But the difference is, Kyrie, and this is why I took your side with posting the screenshot and saying things you did, is that... And it's so funny. Like you said, certain things you just got to say the right way. But, like I said, and people say this before, history is written by the victors. And that phrase isn't talked about enough because now that we're older, you see it in real time. Mm-hmm. Where events that we have seen live mm-hmm. have become different narrative events within 10 whatever years. Mm-hmm. So how you say things is very important very. because people don't always remember what you said. Yes. They remember how you made them feel, how they heard it. Once they heard it, what did they think? Yes. And that is super important, especially with somebody like Kyrie. It reminds me of, because I used to get in trouble a lot as a kid. It reminded me of when I, when I got in trouble as a kid and it wasn't always my fault. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't 100% my fault, right? right. And you're talking you're talking to your parents like, man, yo, they're wild. But my dad, my parents, would be like, but you know he'll do that for you, though. But you know these are not the rules. Everybody does not have the same rules. No matter what people are going to tell you. Nobody has the same rules. No. Like, okay, but they were doing it, but you know those aren't the rules for you. Exactly. You knew what would happen. Listen, as, as much as I agree with Kyrie that, you know, he should be able to post whatever he wants. If he wants to post information for people to look at certain parts of history, what you know, whatever the case may be. But you knew. You know what would happen. You know who you are. You know who you are. Especially what you just did. Mm-hmm. Like, you the know, things Kyrie... Not only do you know you are, who you are, you know how they feel <clears throat> about you. Bro, the, 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 my thing is, the people you just pissed off a year ago. And that is what is so apparent to me now. That is not so much what he's saying now, but... Oh, yeah, it's your time. Yeah, you're going to feel it this time. We got you. You're going to feel this one. Because you, because even though it wasn't enough, we're gonna rip you off the All Seventy Five team. We're gonna make people crazy. We're gonna do all this. We're gonna take what you did protesting for millions of poor people, and we're gonna change it to now you're an anti-vax nut job, and your people will mm-hmm. believe us. Yeah. But now you spun the block one more time and pissed them off, and that's why it's not enough I to say I'm not anti-Semitic. It's the wrong them off. <laughs> and listen, <laughs> listen. Y'all quiet it got? Some people, there's a reason. They say this group of people run the world. I saw a meme that said Kanye West says that Jewish people run the banks, the media, the corporations. And because of that, the banks and media and corporations have now <laughs> kicked Kanye West out. So I feel like, you know, that's kind of what we mean. They are going to, and, and what we're seeing now is they're trying to make these that black already. They are. They're trying to make sure that, for lack of a term, no, you niggas better not say nothing else. Mm-hmm. And it's... Simple as that. 
Simple as that. Because it's not just about posting the article. And, that's, and what's happening, we need to understand. That's why I've been trying to explain to other people, even whatever side you feel, you know, whether you post it, whether you shouldn't have, whether your apology is right, whether you shouldn't have. It's important that people understand what's actually happening. Very important. Because this is not about, oh, Kyrie posted this book that has, no, or this book or this movie that has things in it that are super offensive, saying the Holocaust is this, things like that. It's not solely about that. Because, I mean, that's not, there's no precedent for this. There's no precedent for an athlete saying, oh, yeah, watch this. Mm-hmm. And then being held accountable for what's inside of that medium that they're watching. And it was super interesting. Did you see what LeBron said? Yes. With the Jackie Robinson hat. I told you. <laughs> top three funniest people <laughs> ever Jackie, to walk this planet. With the Jackie Robinson hat. And I was it was interesting because when this hit, the first thing I said is, Bron, you better not say a word. You better not say a word. And I don't know who went Kyrie here. I don't know what's the next move because this kind of house of cards, you know, Olivia Pope, let's try to figure this out. This might be a hard one to crack considering the composition. Fam, if I'm the NBA PA and Kyrie used to be the VP, it's a fam. Y'all were doing press conferences about LeBron reading his Malcolm X autobiography. Several press conferences. He was walking around the team facility reading it, and I think he didn't hand it out to the whole team. In the uh, I'm not. I can't. I can't say yes or no to that. But listen, two press conferences handing out. Why is it that LeBron? So Malcolm X, very infamous for some of the things he said about this community, mm-hmm. anti-Semitic things, things like that. It, it, you know, why is it I'm going to take these five games, do all this training, give away five hundred thousand dollars, do all this stuff? I'll tell you later. And I didn't even bring it to this facility. I didn't bring the book to the facility. I didn't have a book in the game. Why do I? Why is he immune to these rules, and I am not? And the reason, and the answer is, they know LeBron not reading that shit. They know LeBron having that is inconsequential because he don't mean it anyway. Kyrie, they know that you actually mean it. They know that this is what you believe, you, and that is the problem. You know, Brian didn't read that book because if he would have, he wouldn't have brought it. Bro, yo, that's the thing. If you bro, listen, Malcolm X, I was born on my, me and Malcolm X share a birthday, so I am very up to date on the daughter, the things Malcolm X went through in his life. That is not an autobiography you bring to your job. Mm-hmm. That is a very graphic. Listen, it's it, it's it's, and I don't. It's so messed up that him and Kanye are kind of doing this at the same time because Kyrie really got a case. Kyrie not so much. <laughs> but they're being lumped together because that's how it is. And that's just how it is. Because we're all the same. And <laughs> we're all the same. And the saddest part is, and I really, really, really want to emphasize the saddest part is, they know they can get your people to turn on you. They know. They know. That even if Gunshot. you're right, oh yeah, <laughs> even if you're right, like you were about the vaccine mandate that costed millions of people their job, most black, they know even if you're right, the moment your community gets the chance to turn on you, they will. And we're the only community that does that. 
what other community can you look at where something happens where they don't stick together for their own right or wrong it's like having having but you have a brother mm-hmm. i have brothers if we go if we go who and you in the wrong and you stall off on somebody doesn't matter while we're here we're family we can handle who was right who was wrong we can talk about that later you look out for your own black people we are the only people the moment we can done you're out for whether it's for the jokes whether it's because we don't own what we do so we have people we have to listen to as much as you say we're on a billionaire it's somebody to cut those checks and, and that's that's the saddest part is they know drop of a hat. And you know what's so crazy? I was telling the story of what happened to Dave Chappelle in Chicago Central. Because mm. some guy, I got a younger friend who who really doesn't who didn't know. Yeah. And it was interesting because I was telling him the story because he only knows the story from this side where oh Dave Chappelle back he's a comedian, but for five six seven years Dave Chappelle was crazy and a drug addict. A crazy drug addict. <laughs> and then it turned out not to be true. Not even close to true. And just to know how y'all hanging out. And it was when I made the Kanye tweets. That zombie land tweet. Terrifying. With somebody texting you. Everybody think I for I think Kanye crazy. Finding out you were hospitalized against your will and mentally handicapped against your will. And nobody cares. Nobody said a word about it. Nobody cares. Because you're crazy, bro. Think about how long people thought. For eight years, Dave Chappelle's identity was he was crazy. Because nobody knows. Because at the drop of the dime, every news outlet, every social media influencer, every TV show host that you think is a TV show host because, yo, I love doing this, I love the culture, they're all saying the same thing. Which is super weird. Listen, I watch a lot of Undisputed. I didn't even talk about the Supreme Court ruling well, Kyrie favor. Mm-hmm. But you know what I do see? I'm talking about KD and Kyrie in a negative way. I see them talking about Bill Russell and Ali. Oh, yeah. Talking about how brave it was mm-hmm. for them to do what they did in that time, mm-hmm. even though people didn't like what they were doing. Yeah. But that that's what people are doing now. And the difference is... Victors control the story. So, Kyrie, no, you're not important to basketball. You aren't a big processor. You aren't one of the most influential athletes in America, this, that, and the third. And generous, let's not forget that. Generous is super generous. What you just did, while very important to the flow of American history, because this was a landmark COVID decision that's going to probably spread throughout the United States for people who lost their jobs because of the vaccine, especially with the information coming out about all that, what you did, nah, that didn't happen. All those people you stood up for, nah. You coming back to the city you grew up in to play for your hometown and defend the people you grew up with, that doesn't matter. You are not an activist. You know who these activists is? Guys, we're paying to say what we want. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem. Listen, respect to Bron. It's a, it's, it's a reason he got to say what he got to say. And that's why that's why it, it hurts. And I don't know if Kyrie's going to retire. I've, I've seen that. I wouldn't be surprised. I've been saying he will. We, uh, six, seven months ago, we said, 
If my, retired, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. surprised. Now more than ever. I I said I tweeted yesterday. I'm expecting a notification this morning. I'm expecting it Monday or Tuesday morning, and he's not he's not doing that. He'll and retire. it's so sad for the game of basketball. He won't retire, but he'll sit out the rest of this year. But he really loved Katie, so I don't know. It's so sad for basketball because, bro, y'all are taking one of the best basketball players ever. We're never going to see someone like Kyrie again. No, no, no. Politics, off the court, power dynamics are taking away from this person's career. And, and, and for the last four or five years, that's kind of been it. Yeah. And for the people, well, now I'm going to jump to you. You killed that. Um, yeah, you just ate that for real. But so I um I have a couple of things that I want to touch on. The one number one thing is what you said about us never sticking together. Um unfortunately so when you when people say things of that nature and and anything, just this is how my mind works. Um I try to understand why said thing is. So when you say our community is broken and we never stick together, why is that? And I always say, well, that's by design. (coughs) Because they tore our communities apart time and time and time again. When you tear something apart, there is no connection. You tore it. It's it's ripped. It is broken. So, yeah, I'm a... It's some loyalty in some people. Like, you know me. I'm going to ride with you till, till it's time to go. My Tyrone, Javante, my brothers, Taylor, they know. Like, I, y'all, yeah, Charlene, Kaylee, they know. I'm there. Whatever you need, I'm there. I'm going to ride for you. A lot of people don't feel that sense of loyalty, don't feel like they owe anybody that loyalty in our community because nobody has ever shown that to them. When you go to these other communities, your, your, when you go to these white communities, mm-hmm. their grandmothers, their, their parents, mm-hmm. their aunties, their uncles, their cousins, they're all involved. Their friends, their friends' parents become their parents. Yeah. Their friends' friends' parents become their uncles and aunts. Yeah. They end up with jobs at their businesses. Because if you know some white people, if you know three white people, yeah. you know somebody that owns a business. And I know you know that. Yeah. I went to white school, so I know that better than anybody. Um, I called my private school a white school, that's so that's what I mean. It's a private I went to a private school. Um, <laughs> in high school, uh, by the way. So, yeah, um, the Asian community, the very same way. There are communities, Duluth, Georgia, is a predominantly Asian community. And they help each other. They're, like I just said, if you know a couple Asian people, you know somebody with a cleaner's business. You know somebody with a Chinese shop. You know somebody like that, and they employ their own. We can take it to the same pigment, but a different continent. In Africa, it's the same way. Your aunties, the people in your surrounding communities raise you. So when you're raised like that, you naturally are built with a certain type of loyalty in you because this is all you know and this is the people that you know are there for you. Black people, not all black people are like this, but a lot of them don't have anything like that. And if you do have something like that, the shit you hear coming from them don't give you no 
no desire to want to be loyal to them because you always hearing negative shit from you always at the TV and every time we'll uh, use Kevin Hart as an example because he's one of the most unproblematic people and people just hate him for no reason. Yeah. You just hear him and it's like that nigga ain't funny no more. Yeah. You don't even know why the fuck you feel that way. You don't know why he's not. Funny. You know why he's not funny. That nigga ain't funny no more. Jay Z, that nigga, fuck Jay Z. Yeah. Beyonce, people hate Beyonce. I don't know where they can. Beyonce can't fucking sing. Jay Z a sellout. Beyonce can't fucking sing. Beyonce a sellout too. That's why they made they in the Illuminati. Yeah. Every single time a predominant black figure from the Kevin Hart to the Jay Z to the Wayne to the Kanye, we always figure out tear them down. We talk about it all the time. Um, fucking Blink One Eighty Two dog. Blink One Eighty Two is finna go on a world. No, nah, my bad. An American U.S. tour with like twenty-five dates, doing stadiums, um, stadiums, and uh, like uh, like the Duluth Energy Arena, so like yeah. fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, ten thousand seaters. Mm -hmm. Finna sell it out. Blink One Eighty Two ain't put out nothing that matter, <laughs> but they loyal to theirs. Yeah. Rock him. And Wu Tang should be able to go on tour right now and sell out everything, cause black people should be able to stick by them. Yeah. But nah, they old now. Fuck them. So, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, cause this was something I've been. I I hate that this the thing was used for me to happen where it's where it's become so polarized now, because as you know, well actually I don't know I don't know if we ever talked about this, but when I when I lived in Atlanta, we lived right next to a Jewish community. Oh no, I did not I did not know that. And it, it was amazing because. Things like this you don't notice as it's happening, mm -hmm. but every like, like, like almost at the end, I kind of, I kind of started to pay attention more. First of all, what you said about uh, like the different age groups is super important, and non-black people don't understand this because for the people that don't know, I'm half Hispanic. Mm -hmm. So in Hispanic families, you're it's it's very common to have three generations in the home at all times. I do know that. Yes, it's very common to have, and not like you know. They're coming over. No, they live there. And hold your thought. You do that in a black family. Broke ass nigga. Broke. You are starving. Broke ass nigga. You Keep going. Listen, <coughs> it's so it's so common for three generations of we you know, parents live together. Their parents are still there. Their children are there. And so you see a difference in community. But when I was living in North Druid Hills area, of course there was every there, so there were a lot of like, Asian population. But right. the Jewish population is first, um, the Jewish school system, Jewish church, and Jewish home. If you look at the way these people are raised, you see the difference in community, mm -hmm. where their commitment to the church, and I've always respected this, especially about Islam, Judaism, their commitment to their religion gives them another sense of community. Facts. Because not only are they committed to themselves and their God, they're committed to the people around them. Yes. So I noticed that one day I was at a red light, because there's the Jewish school right there, so you know the lights are longer. Yeah. And I look over, and you know how, like, on uh, TV or movies in New York, they'll have, like, the crossing guard. Mm -hmm. Well, they kind of have a crossing guard for the school. Right. But I look over, and it's a cop, and it's about 30 kids. And they're, like, 25 of them are super young. Mm -hmm. And about five of them are, like, middle schoolers. And I was like, man. And I didn't think anything. And the next day, I saw the same kids. And they were talking. And then one day, the cop wasn't there. But, you know, traffic was still stopping and everything. And I looked, and the older kids were literally doing what the cop would do, stop and do those things, because they feel responsible for these kids in their community. Yes. Because it's not about their household. Yes. 
it's not about me, me not about yes. my household, mm-hmm. what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. We are a people. Yes. And their sense of community is so much stronger as mm-hmm. opposed to the African-American community because I was watching The Wire and, and they were talking about in The Wire, like, you know, the destruction mm-hmm. that it's caused. And it's so sad and kind of curious to look at how the the African-American community is kind of eroded from the inside. And like you yeah. mentioned, like, you know, like how Duluth is like, this is a community of these mm-hmm. people. There are cities and communities, of course, shopping plazas. I'm sure you've been there where every store in the shopping plaza is a Hispanically owned store, mm-hmm. an Asian store. We'll see how black people. No. What's, no. what's like black, black block you see? Let alone a whole... Yeah, let, let, let alone the whole thing. But, like, having all of them in at once. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see that. And it's so hard for us to really, you know, keep moving this way because I saw a tweet. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. I saw a tweet where this guy was talking about giving up on, like, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So my quote was like, ah, you've hit this point where you're ready to give up on the rest of black people because it's really hard not to. Because it feels like they, it has a way of, of making you mad you even tried to help. Yeah. Because it's like they don't want it. They don't want it. It's like they don't want it, and, and we do it to ourselves. And that's the and that's what hurts the most, and that is what stands out to me the most with the polarization of the black community and the Jewish community right now, is you see the differences in the foundation of these communities and how they've handled their tragedies, respectfully, that they've went through. Mm-hmm. The, the tragedy of the Holocaust, all the things the Jewish people went through for thousands of years have brought them closer to religion, mm-hmm. closer to the community, closer to their friends, family, and brought them together. Yeah. The opposite has happened for black people. Facts. And it's understandable because it's a natural fight or fight response mm-hmm. where for so many years we were in survival mode. Yeah. And for some mi- millions, actually, we still are. There still are. Yeah. And, and so many people, we still are in survival mode. So I, I'm always bringing up things I've heard from other places. This episode of Atlanta, where at the end of the episode, you're like, bro, I am broke. Broke people do not have time to plan. We are trying to not be broke right now. Mm-hmm. I can't make an investment for six months later. I need this bread right now. And the survival mindset of anything we got to do to get out. I don't care who it takes. I don't care who we got to step on. I don't care who we got to step over. Mm -hmm. It's hurt us long term. And because of that, we have no sense of community to each other. And so, again, yes. Uh, Piggyback. Uh, I will bring him up again. Kevin Hart has this interview with The Pivot and... He, you can tell that the the notion of he wasn't funny and he's a sellout and all of this was kind of getting to him. Mm-hmm. And I understand because if you don't know, Kevin Hart has a production company. Kevin Hart Production Company does podcasts, TV, um, movies, uh, short films, and anything else in the media space you can do, Kevin Hart Hart Production does. Kevin Hart probably employs over a thousand people most of which are black 
He purposely started the Laugh Out Loud Network, main uh, main thing. It's a big thing on YouTube. Yeah. The Laugh Out Loud Network. If you ever seen Cold, yes, yeah. it is for the comedians, so he could get more black comedians recognized and give them an easier platform. And it's not like he all up in the video like, "Hey, I'm Kevin Hart." Yeah. So you come into the video for him. You're coming to the video to see this, and he's just giving you this platform because he knows he's Kevin Hart, and the Laugh Out Loud Network will pop up because everybody subscribes because they got a million subscribers, over a million subscribers. So he's doing all of this. He knows he's doing all of this. People around him know he's doing all of this, but everybody's calling him a sellout. Everybody's saying, you don't care about black people. Everybody's saying, you're not funny. You're not this. You're not that. And it's like, what do, what do y'all want? Like, what are y'all, what is the, what will make you guys happy? What, as black people, what will make you guys happy if this celebrity does A, B, and C and follows this? Because for me, it's like every single time we get to a point with a celebrity, a black celebrity, where they have hit their peak, y'all just turn on every time. And that comes back down to your point of we have no sense of loyalty to our own people because I, we don't know where, I don't know where, we have seen an example where we're loyal to somebody other than like Beyonce and Beyonce is fucking 40 years old. So who knows what they're going to be saying about her in 12 years so, when she's 52. I, I just don't it's so get it. It's super frustrating, especially like you said, like what do they have to do? And the, the reason is, and this is a good, it's not really a conspiracy. Theory. This is something I, I like to say, like it's a reason there's always another housewife show coming out. So look, and you can finish your thought. I gotta, we'll go off of that. Like you mentioned, Kevin Hart, Jay Z, Beyonce. You, you know, the people that are, for some reason, curiously disliked the most are the ones who, what's part of my French, aren't acting like niggas and assholes in the media. They are not acting like that. Those are the people that are turned on, where it's like, I, most hated athlete in America, LeBron. They hate it. So many people hate LeBron. LeBron's never done anything bad to anybody. And we mess with LeBron here. We yeah. know who LeBron is. Like, we just be playing up here, by the way. <laughs> and because you are not this type, you are not that type, they're not going to treat you the same. So, all right, we're ready for you to, you know, wrap it up. Okay, it was cool. You was woke. Ha ha. We can't hear <laughs> Let's, you know, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Because these other ones, oh, yeah, they'll let us. Let's do what we want. Yeah. We just got to cut them on check. Yeah. We just, just got to get them this. You know, it, it's super frustrating, especially for Kevin Hart, where he's trying to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't, man, it's so, it, it's it's super frustrating because, like, what do we do? Like, it's so frustrating because what do we do? Um, Somebody else I want to bring up that we don't bring up a lot. Tyler Perry. Yeah. Tyler Perry 40 years ago was homeless. Sleeping in his car in Atlanta, Georgia. Tyler Perry now has a movie studio on a former slave plantation, and he gets billion-dollar films to film on his lot. Mm -hmm. Not only has he done that, Tyler Perry has probably employed more black people than anybody else on earth. He has given them acting opportunity, producing opportunity, directive opportunity, writing opportunity, time and time again. (laughs) But if you get on Twitter... If you check any social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. fuck Tyler Perry. Yeah. Tyler Perry ain't funny. Tyler Perry ain't this. Tyler Perry ain't that. Why? Why do we do that? I don't get I don't get why we do that because 
if we want to, because I see a lot of people say, well, I don't want to have to deal with white people. I want to have to deal with that. Well, if you want to get to that point, well, we have to come together and you guys have to stop dismissing somebody because you don't like that they said this. Are you're tired of them? Are they're old and washed up? Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. If you want to get to the point where we can do our own thing and we don't have to go to the Jewish community anymore for this, we don't have to go to white people, we don't have to go to the Asian people for that anymore, we can just come to us and I can say, yo, Yo, this this whole studio is black because although Kevin Hart does have his own production company, he still has to partner with Lionsgate because he does need funding. He still has to partner with Warner's brother because he still needs a little bit of funding here and there. But if you want to get to the point where Tyler Perry got his production company, Kevin got his production company, Hove and uh, Braun com combined to... Uh, Combine to join one, Wayne and Drake combine. I'm just throwing out names. They all combine. Now you got seven black production companies, and y'all can all partner with each other and build something up. And now you don't got to worry about them. But we don't ever get to get to that point because y'all throwing stones at people when they ain't even reached their apex yet. They just gone caught some success. And now I don't know what it is. I think, bro, I think a lot of it is jealousy. I think a lot of it is black people are very easily jealous. And instead of being proud, you get jealous of your own. Which is, a, which is another deep-rooted issue that comes from them and what they instilled in us. And so that's why it hurts so much because I know what we say, I think we say this a lot, um, they just, we just don't know. And I don't, I don't think people in the black community really sit back and identify that like, oh, we're the issue. I think black people like to place the blame other people, other ways. And we have millions of things that we can blame in the black community on why certain things are the way. Yes, we have gotten the short end of a stick every time. I don't want to say time and time again, every time. It's not time and time again. It's every single time we get the short end of a stick. Yes, I know. But at some point, we got to look up and realize, yo, they ain't gonna fucking help us. No matter what we vote for, no matter some of these laws by in their past and are great. Some of these laws that they'll will get put into place if we win the Senate, they'll be great. But at the end of the day, they're not for us. They're for the vote. So they can keep doing what they're doing behind the scenes and we don't really know about you probably more no more than that than I do. They don't care. So if you we're gonna get to the point where we understand, and I think we're at that point at least, is that Obviously, they don't care about us. They don't care about what we're doing. We're the last hope. So we have to be loyal to each other and to these people that are in the positions to actually make change in order for change to happen. If we just keep talking down on Hove, if we keep talking down on Kevin, we keep talking down on Tyler, we keep talking down on all of these Oprah, all of these people that can make a change, why do they want to help us? They got their beef. The Hove can kick it. Hove can say, fuck y'all. I'm, I'm done with my partnerships. I'm going to keep the money com coming in. B going to go on tour. We going to have some fun. I'm going to kick shit in New York and LA and I'm going to do some fly shit. Fuck y'all. He can say that. But Ho be trying to help y'all. Ho be trying to help. And y'all just, y'all got something negative to say. Every time Ho speak, Ho says something about capitalism is being bad. And y'all don't even, y'all ain't listening to nothing y'all said. He said, y'all just hurried down and was like, fuck Ho. Yeah. He's just rich ass nigga. Now he forgot where he came from. Dog, Y'all don't know what Hove has seen. Y'all don't know the rooms Hove been in. Y'all don't know the conversations Hove has had. At every step of the way, Hove has tried to help black people. In yeah. Hove's music, Hove's first album cover, he told you where he was going. Because he got a suit on in his first fucking album cover. Mm -hmm. He told y'all where he was going. From the moment he got in, he told y'all what he was doing. Five, seven, he dropped his first album, I think, in 96. 2003, he's the president of Def Jam. Hove has been laying the blueprint on who he is from the, no pun intended, no, from, the, from who he is from the jump. He has helped black people along the way. Kanye, Rihanna, that's two billionaires from yeah. Hove. Brian the Rock Boy, technically, so that's another one. Yeah. 
Hove did that. Hove putting all these billionaires, let another slate of black people, Rihanna, taking care of everybody in Trinidad and Tobago. Braun taking care of a whole community. Braun put all his friends on, all his friends getting put on because his other friends got put on. So these are communities rising up and helping each other. And if we keep, if we listen to these interviews instead of trying to find a clickbait on why old boy said something wrong so we can post it on a fucking shade room and really listen to what he's saying, maybe me and you can be the next Joe Button and we're not going to split like Maul and Joe Button. So we're going to build an empire and we're going to build up a podcast empire and we're going to get some other black pa- podcasts with us. <laughs> I ain't leaving my house, so, so he ain't gotta worry about me doing nothing but potting and no playing basketball. Ain't no white teas, ain't no white beaters in my future. Come on, bro! Like we can do that. Um, who else? Oh shit, Anthony Edwards. I'm just making throwing up names. He see what LeBron do, getting Le- LeBron getting his ear. Now his homeboys this and that. Yep. Steph Curry building his little production company, and you just got all these black athletes because we do. We got control over the athletes. We got control over the music business. I'm glad you said so, that because and, and what is important. Is as we're raising this generation is, and, and I take, and I'm going to take responsibility this when I have kids because I'm going to try to raise my kids this way. And even though, like I said earlier, I am in a mixed household, I was raised at raised aggressively pro-black. Mm-hmm. A, a gre- like the things y'all mad at Kyrie for saying. <laughs> My dad's told me time. Man, time. If, you, if y'all heard the shit my dad's told me, man. man. <laughs> Listen, my name is Ishmael. I told you. My name is Ishmael. The the amount of Islamic, Jewish, and Christian people that come up to me every day and tell me the history, the different histories from all the Abrahamic religions and what roles people play in it, I've heard a lot of crazy Mm -hmm. stuff. But what needs to be emphasized is that what was done to us was done on purpose. purpose. Yes. And what would and that's not gonna change what was done. That's not gonna take responsibility away from them. But what was done was done on purpose to gain this result. So we as a community have to pivot the way we act to change this result. Because after the civil rights era, and it's so interesting to talk about because what Republicans will do is they'll say, Well, you know, after the civil rights era all these black people were poor now. Well, that's not what happened. What happened is they changed the laws and the track structure in these poor neighborhoods to incentivize single parenthood. Now the government, literally, will send you more money for being a single mother than if you were married to that child's father. And, hold your thought. Remember when it's just said, um, I lost it, go ahead. I'm good. <laughs> So, so not only is it a societal change, it's a cultural change in the home. Mm-hmm. Not only oh, okay, I got it. Got it. Remember when it's just said, I'm broke and I'm trying to survive. So you throw that extra thousand in me. Oh, fuck it. Fuck him. Yeah. Get out of my house. Bruh, you can't live here. You can't live here. Because I need what? this extra thousand now because I'm, I'm, I'm surviving at this point. I'm glad I remember this. I want to shout out Kendrick too. I love when he knows when not to say nothing. Because if y'all really listen, listen, everyone, we love to throw Kendrick these awards, these Grammys. Y'all go listen to some of them. Hey, y'all go listen to some of them outros. Go listen to Mr. Marlon Big Shepherds. Go back and listen to it. Go back and listen to a couple I, of songs. I, go I, listen to Pimp a I know. Fear. At the end of Fear, you know what they're talking about? They're literally talking about what Kyrie talking about right now. 
how that black people are actually, that's the entire outro of fear. That's we talk about black people being the cursed people. And I wanted to, well, I, I don't have a specific belief on that, but I wanted to pivot to that, to something that was Kanye saying, bro, like, before, we didn't own what we were working. So there was no blueprint for us to really grow on. Hove, Braun, they said, no, hold on. If we own this, we can build on it. And like you said, we got the athletes. Before, that wasn't as much of a trump card as it will become in the future. Now these niggas finna be billionaires. Now the players that are drafted this year will fit. If they are all-stars their entire career, will finish with billions in earnings no matter what almost. If you are an elite player and you get drafted today, you will finish in just on-court earnings. Paolo, barring injury, billionaire. If he play eighteen years, he'll it'll be it'll be if it's not a B, it'll be like eight hundred and seventy five. Exactly, and then you get the Nike money things mm-hmm. like that. So you touching the B. But now we can build now because you own those things. Rappers before we didn't own, we did everything, all the lands. What to 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 quote it? All the lands that we worked and we plowed like slavery were not our own. Right. And that's what Hope was talking about. That that man, I, I I'm glad you said Hope because Hope is such a perfect example. That's what Hope was talking about on 444. That's what Prince was talking about. When Prince wrote slave on his face, Prince wasn't doing that to there, there was no Instagram and Twitter. There was no shop. Oh my god, Prince wrote slave on his face. No, he's trying to let y'all know that. This is what we are. Like I'm Prince. Ain't even I don't own my name, bro. They, they was selling pictures to his house, bro. It was but listen, I got a I got a homie live in Minnesota. I don't hate him for doing it. I'm a huge Prince fan. I might have thought about taking my family there. He went on the, he went on the tour through Prince Crib. I'm sure it was an amazing experience. But this is a person, bro. That's his crib. You don't own the home you almost died in. This is your home, bro. Those things don't happen with other cultures. That's why it's so important on the next generation that I'm gonna take responsibility. You need to take responsibility. And raising homes the the way that they understand, bro. They understand that this is not by accident. It's not by accident that for some reason African American population isn't increasing and we're becoming a smaller and smaller and smaller minority in the United States. It's reasons for that. And we and like we said, like I said earlier, when you get in trouble in school and your mom said, Well, yeah, maybe you only did something small. But you know the rules are different. Same thing for black people, bro. We know the rules are different. We know we have longer to run at the start period. Like Olivia Pope in that, in that scene. I've seen the scene 40 times, never watched the show. And every black person has heard this. That'd be twice as good to get half as what they have. And that is not a saying that is spread around other communities. No, that's and not. And that is the point. No, it's not. Um, and like you said, it's by design. And when you go look at these other communities, man, I just don't, I think we need to take more of a look in them and say, what can we bring from them? I know they have discriminated against us. I know you guys hate them. I get it. You deserve to feel that way. But there is some good you can pull from this. 
It just simply is. Yeah. And you have to be able to look at the communities and what they are doing in the right way and instill that in the black communities. One thing I'm always talking about, we talk about money a lot. And we, we speak about money a lot because money gives you power and the power is what we need to be able to get in the rooms and get out of these rooms so we can just be in the rooms with us. You know how Beyonce went to Adidas, or it was Nike. Yeah, it was Nike. Nike or Reebok, somewhere she went. And they ain't had no black people in the room. And it's like, how the fuck are you gonna have Beyonce coming up to you? You ain't got one black people in the room. You think yeah. Beyonce wanna come talk, talk to a bunch of white men? Like, come right. on now. So, Beyonce ain't gotta go through that no more. The next Beyonce ain't gotta go through that no more. Um, the next Drake ain't gotta go through um, that no more. The next Wayne ain't gotta deal with a Birdman, cause Birdman know, the next Birdman know, oh, this needs to be in check in this situation, this right here. So I ain't gotta deal with falling out like that. I don't gotta deal with that. We even talk about, oh, old um rappers like you see a lot of these old white bands um tour tour together still and and that's why seeing wayne and drake and nikki still fucking with each other means a lot to me because it's like everybody in rap hate each other g-unit and 50 hate each other i mean the game and 50 hate each other my bad the game and 50 hate each other all the old west coast niggas don't fuck with each other everything is scary because we can't just stick together because pride ego money always gets in the way because we always have been taught to look out for yourself first and that's not how it should be but we are people we're a community something i learned from white people was yo and the thing is bro Two things. I've been my mind is rambling, so my bad. But the two things, bro. One, we don't let black people be who they are. If you're not this type of black person, that's we get mad at you. Yeah, if you're not him, we get mad at you. Um, Javante ain't the typical nigga. Nah, not at all. <laughs> Javante a California ass nigga. Yeah, perfect, right. perfect, perfect yeah, example. <laughs> but Javante a real nigga. Great Javante guy. just a great guy. Yeah. He ain't gotta be fucking dead. Yeah. Shout out to my nigga dead. Yeah. He ain't gotta be dead to be loved by the black community. But that's how they act. Yeah. Oh boy, if Braun. If Bron acted like um, Javante, we would hate LeBron James. If, Le- LeBron, if Jalen Green was in Bron's body and was painting his nails and was wearing different fashion, we would hate LeBron James because we don't like nothing that don't look like we usually look like. And we got to get away from that. We have to get away from that because you'll be asking why, this is not pertaining to me, but you'll be asking why, why, why won't you marry your own? Why won't you marry in black? It's because you have chastised me and done away with me because how the, how I act and they accepted me. And you go where you're accepted no matter how wrong you feel and that may hurt you internally at the long run that like your people never accepted you, but you gotta go where you accepted because you ain't never gonna feel like you really I, I loved one, where you are. I 1000% agree with you because the nature of what's left of our culture isn't positive. Spade a spade. What's left of the culture, and I, I, I was just in, the, in this episode of Boondocks, Huey, Huey was talking about maybe culture is destructive, and and it, and it is. The culture, you know, kind of is destructive, and you see these black kids flee the black community. Not, I'm not as into the black community as I would like. They have to completely flee the black community because they are not accepted. Tyler the Creator. Tyler the Creator. Perfect example. Exactly. Yo, niggas hate Tyler the Creator. You don't even know why. Get all that sweet shit out of my face. Because because he's not a regular Because he's not a nigga. He's he not a regular guy. And it's so disheartening. Because a white, you can see a white kid, bro. 
don't matter what he got on, you have no clue what's going through his mind, bro. It could be 70 degrees, he could have a coat on. Maybe 30 degrees, he got shorts on. You have no thought what's wrong with him. Say, ah, you why? Who knows what's going through his head? The moment we see another person like us, we're instantly judging them to see, okay, what type of shoes he got? Is he kind of like me? Oh, look at okay, his pants. Okay, those aren't, mm-hmm. aren't Nike tech, but those are regular sweatpants. Okay, maybe not. Like, <laughs> we're, we're so Them, them shoes real, they think. Yeah, just, exactly. <laughs> because, like I said, we're in the spider fight mode. We're in survival mode. Mm-hmm. So we're not looking like, oh, this is nice to meet you. I wonder what type of person you are. I wonder da-da-da. We're analyzing you. We're trying to figure you out. And if we can't, that is the problem. Black people need to be these things. Be athletic, be a rapper. Oh, are you book smart? All right, well, you're going to be the book smart black guy. Are you funny? All right, now you're going to be funny all the time. Now you're the class clown guy. <laughs> Though these preset archetypes and roles, those are controlling black people and hurting the kids more than anything because there's so many people who just don't get to do the things they need to. And I want to. There's the next talking point, and we will continue this uh, next week. We do have to get into some other stuff before 3.30. Um, but um, I do want to continue the kids' point, bro, because we keep talking about the kids. And Kanye West said this a couple years ago at the VMAs when they let bro uh, just get up there and talk, and he said, listen to the kids, bro. Yeah. He just kept repeating it. Listen to the kids, bro. And I got a little bit something different to say about it is teach the kids. And the issue is, bruh, is so the takeoff thing happened again, rest in peace. Um, The takeoff thing happened and everybody kept talking about rap music. This is why we don't need to listen to rap music. This is blah, 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 rap music, this, rap music, that. Which which hurt hurt for y'all to slam the music this guy just dedicated his fucking life to. His life to. So, yeah. He dedicated his life to changing for the better. He got (laughs) shit on it. After he accidentally get shot. Which was crazy. Crazy as fuck. Insanely insensitive. To the point, though, the rap music is not the problem. Again, I say, the rap music is not the issue. The age they are starting to hear the rap music is the issue. You should not be listening to Young Boy at seven years old. Your third grader should not know the songs to Young Boy. Should not know the words to a Young Boy song. They should not. Young Boy can make that type of music because that is the environment that Young Boy knew. That is the only way Young Boy was going to be able to get out and provide for the. 10 kids he got, I think right, it is. Yeah. That is the only way. Young boy has 10 kids because he have no one guiding him, telling him, you can't, you can't nut in everything you see, dog. You got to put a rubber on, bro, because you you him now. Your bitch is going to be coming. They ain't got nobody in the ear they saying that. You know why Lil Wayne only got four kids, and the four kids he got are with Laura London, um, Laura London and Toya yeah. and... Uh, I forgot his other baby mama, but Nivea, Nivea, like it's super, super high up black women that are his baby mamas. It's because he had baby around him. He had slim around him and they love him. He love all his baby mamas. He never has ever in his life said anything bad about him. And that's because he had baby around him. He had slim around him to tell him, nah, brother, like, yeah, you can hit her, but like, hey, like, you know what's up. So now he know that. You don't got, he don't got kids running around. And you know why Drake ain't got kids running around? Because he had Wayne to tell him the same thing. Hey, bro, they coming. I know they already here a little bit because you're a little up in Toronto, but now shit finna get super different. Yeah. So we don't have that. 
we have kids listening to rap music every single day when they get home from school on the way to school. So that's all they fucking know. So yes, it's detrimental in that way, but it's not detrimental into the way it needs to be done away with. Shut the fuck up. Another thing is you brought up this, and I've been meeting, that's the thing we forgot about. The Housewives show, the reality TV, the um, Zeus TV, the Jocelyn and the Cabaret, as entertaining as all of that is, what good is coming from that shit, dog? No, 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 not what good. Listen, like I said, I got, listen, they were talking, right, me and his bro got into a crib. Shade room, another thing. What is, what the fuck is an Instagram page dedicated to just black trauma? What the fuck is wrong with y'all niggas? Oh, my bad. Daryl can't be saying I'm sorry, but dog. So, me and this girl literally stopped talking a couple years ago because she was talking about she wanted Bad Girls Club on Netflix. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like Bad Girls stuff. I think it's bad for black people. And she's like, what? And she started spazzing on me. Listen to what you just fucking said. Like, like she spazzed me for like five minutes. I said, listen to the words that just came out your mouth, man. You little girls are watching. People are watching Bad Girls Club, watching these nightly forced confrontations by these producers. Do you not think that is harmful to their problem-solving mechanism when they have conflict in real life? Why is it when there's conflict in real life, the first thing you do is spaz on somebody? Maybe it's because for 15 fucking years, you've been watching these shows. That trained you to act this way. Trained, they put they put certain black people on TV that are going to talk this way to people, that are going to spaz to people. Uh, why not think Safari keep getting shows? Do y'all care what Safari do on a daily basis? Thank you. Do you do you care what Safari? Why the fuck do? you think Jocelyn Hernandez has a show? You know she can't. Never mind. <laughs> the reason, the reason because. <laughs> These are the examples and people that we are that that are raising our community, and not having an actual home, like so, like millions of black kids, like it's more statistically improbable that you don't have both parents in the black home than the other way around. And what has caused that? And plenty, millions of studies to show the difference between being raised in. One parent household, two parent household. It's night and day. Night and day. It's night and day, bro. Because first of all, we mentioned you're in a two parent household. First of all, you're not broke. It's two incomes, as opposed to your one income paying for one person. When you're married, two people pay for three people. Thirty-three percent versus one hundred and fifty percent. I don't want to do math, but not only the financial side. The cultural side, like when you hear these people, credit to them, because most of black people we hear talk on TV, they're either athletes or actors. Athletes, they'll go, man, you know, I love my, you know, I bought my mom or her house, I bought her salon. Man, when I was a kid, she used to work 14 hours and drop me off at school and I wouldn't see her. That's not how kids are raised. That's not normal. When they go to the draft and the first 30 minutes of the NFL draft is all trauma. That's not normal. Those are not normal environments for kids to grow up in. And the most important part is, okay, you made it to the NFL draft. You were six, whatever, athlete of the century. What about everybody who wasn't? Who still got to live in these environments? Thank you. Who still, who ain't that's seen what they, his that's, mom. That's what they never talked about. Who ain't seen his mom in 14 hours. Maybe he's not the smartest. But the Whatever. difference is, he 
he doesn't have the fighting chance that if you were a two-parent household, different situation where you can support these children. So mm -hmm. many, and, and social safety nets are so important. This is more so on the government because everyone plays their responsibility. Mm -hmm. We black people, black, you know, people in general, especially black men, you can't really fail. <laughs> like you can, you can have bumps in the road. You can have things not go your way, but fail, go broke. You're done. You're homeless. You're homeless. You're done. That's it. Because you don't have a community. No. When you're by yourself, it's all about you. Mm -hmm. If I don't get this bag, I may not eat tonight. Mm -hmm. When you're a part of a community and you fail, your community failed. And that's fine because your community is there to support you. Like you said, if I know five white people, two of them got a business. And if something were to happen, God forbid... And we're, I was at my lowest of my low. There are people I would call. Say, yo, I need help. I need a, I need a job for this. Just this is something I'm going to put me on my feet. And those things are very normal in other communities. For family businesses, nepotism, things like that. Things that people complain about. Happens all the time. And it should. As it should. It's my business. But when you don't own any businesses in your community. And you don't have a 40-inch vertical. <laughs> and, you know, you're a smart kid, but you're not super smart. You're not getting 4.0s, perfect SAT scores. You're not going to get a full ride to college. Well, now college is $120,000 for four years. And my family doesn't have any money to begin with. So that damn sure I got $120,000. <laughs> and nowadays, because so many, because I'm in, you know, because so many people are struggling to raise their kids because... Not only is it way more expensive than it used to be, they didn't live this life. They have no clue how to raise people for this life. Thank you. And you see that with the, the, the mental health de declining during COVID and things like that is there's we don't know how to help these kids yet. No. We don't know how to help these people with what they're going through, these issues that are presented, because no one's ever had these issues before. And and because of that, they dismiss the issue in the community. And that's another huge issue and another reason why you go over somewhere else. Because you keep dismissing this issue. You keep dismissing everything I'm saying. And you keep dismissing every emotion I feel because you don't understand it. Exactly. Instead of listening to me and hearing, yo, I feel this way because this, this, and this happened. Instead of saying, Oh, maybe I don't understand that, but look, hold on. I'm going to give you a doctor. I'm going to go do some research and figure out why this could be. Instead, it's, get out of my face. Hey, bro, I grew up like this. Why can't you? Hey, bro, I did this when I was young. It's never just, oh, I'm understanding. I hear you. I'm here to help. It's always, I did this, so you should too. But look, 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 bro. As a person saying that, if you hated every waking moment of the way you were raised, why would you want somebody else to have to feel it? Yo, me and my mom was going back and forth. She said, you remember when I made you walk to school in seventh grade? I said, first of all, you didn't make me walk to school. I called the police. The police took me to school. She said, well, when I was a kid, we used to walk eight blocks. I said, well, when you were a kid, you lived in a different state. There are no sidewalks that I could take. And I said, I thought you didn't like going walking to school. 
So, yeah, I hate it. So why did you make me? What do you, what do you mean? Like, what is, where is the disconnect here? It's, it's ridiculously frustrating, but, damn, what's the thing? Oh, my God, what was the thing about? I lost my train of thought. I lost my train of thought. Oh, I, 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 no, just go. I, I'm, I'm gonna remember uh, in a second. Nah, you can get it back. I'm done. We, 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 we went. We what just, we went in. Um, I was talking about how the, the mental health and the kids are declining, and the parents aren't listening because oh, they don't understand. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, good. So the problems that we're facing now are so abnormal that they never could be seen before. Like, there's no kind of answer for them. And it's it's terrifying moving forward in society because there are things that society needs are crumbling and we don't understand how to fix them. Mm-hmm. We don't understand why 20% of young men, listen to this, 20%, I think, don't have a friend. That was a, that's a real number. 20% of young men have zero close friends. From their definition, they describe it. I don't have any close friends. That's crazy. There are large segments of the population, mostly young, disaffected, poor men, not even just black, white as well, where there's kind of no role for them in the population. They feel that. We don't know how to remedy these causes. We don't know how to, listen, as much as we want to care for the kids. I got three nieces. Mm -hmm. I would love to tell my niece my experience when I went to high school. One, my second oldest niece, she's in the gifted program. I talked to her about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it feels like to miss seven months because of COVID, and what that do to what that does to your social social understanding of the world. All these people dying mm-hmm. first of all because of this disease, the mental side that comes with that I couldn't imagine. And then okay, you just missed six months of education. So for all the kids that were learning to walk and run, like not walk, learning <laughs> to talk and all those things. Mm-hmm. Six months back. The social education, which we talk about all the time, understanding how to interact with people. Yes. Social cues. Understanding how to pick up on social cues. Social cues. Understanding how to talk to people, which will get you dates. Understanding how to have small talk, which also gets you dates. I don't know how I'm supposed to explain to my niece who got to be five feet apart from this kid, wear a mask and go to school, how to make friends. Like, we don't know. There are things that we can't figure out. We don't understand why so many people are much more depressed. You know, we think it's because social media, but people are also so disconnected from each other. And hopefully as time progresses, and I think with new policy and and new people being in charge of, of media pieces that will become more connected as a community, but right now everything is so polarized that no one feels connected to each other. There's no there's no individualism left. Mm-hmm. And you see it everywhere where like even the NBA jerseys, minimalistic. Disgusting. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Nothing is about the individual. Mm-hmm. Everything is about, oh, what part are you? Okay, this is what you vote. This is what this is what I think. Oh, do you like this politician? Alright, I can't follow you. Oh, you like this basketball team? I can't rock with you. Oh, you listen to this music? I hate him. I'm a stand of this person. Everything is so individualistic, so it's, it's an echo chamber of, and you get stuck in this loop of, okay, I got six friends. We all think the same. Slowly, as you lose those friends, because you will lose friends in life. That just People happens. People change. That's People move. Smaller. Mm-hmm. 
and smaller and smaller to the point where, okay, I got one friend, but I kind of don't know how to make friends because I hate everybody else. Not because I actually dislike these dislike these people, because society is so polarized where it's no way for us to disagree and get along and get along and for us to continue. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think you know it, it make it better as. America as a whole changes the way we interact with each other. It definitely starts with politics and identity politics and how just to, you know, run for office has changed. But interpersonally, we have to do a better job of, bro, like, everything is not about, like, what you hate or what you really like because that's going to change. Facts. But the problem is we're caught in this middle area society where 50% of the population hates the other 50%. Mm-hmm. And of the 50% that likes each other, 40% kind of hates that. Yeah, they hate that 50%. And we just yeah. keep dividing and dividing, dividing and down dividing, to where yeah. nobody has community except these people mm-hmm. whose community is not. not Based on, on social media, social media polarization, celebrity, and exactly. things of that nature. I I follow a Jewish um, newscaster. Mm-hmm. I, I follow. I, I listen to, to. I watch some of their videos, mm-hmm. and he is a Republican. And I don't. I don't, actually, I won't agree with everything he said because you know yeah. I'm white. <laughs> but what's very important is how Jewish people, Islamic people, people who are very religious. View religion as opposed to what people from outside view it. Because from outside, this can be for a, a bunch of reasons, especially, let's say, in the South. Because the connotation with how bad churches got and spade to spade, how much of a scam certain churches were, a lot of people turn their back on religion. But what you hear from these other cultures whose foundation is upon religion is. Their belief never wavers. They never need to restart. They never need to, oh, we need to rebuild the culture from the ground up. They're just building. Building on what they built before. It's beautiful, yeah. And the problem is we have nothing to build on, whether it's because how our society is built up or the outside factors. Shout out to West Side Gun. We ain't talking about Hitler. Her where's her mess 10. It's just 10. Yo. <laughs> I forgot. That's super funny. So we didn't talk about ten. Uh, he got a black star feature on there, and the last last bar of most death, he said, "No, not most death." Was Talakal. He said, "They standing on their ancestors' shoulders after burning down Tulsa, Oklahoma. They are that's what they're doing now. These other cultures and things like that, they're just building on what their community has built so far, but." You know, for outside reason, like we said, we built something and it was destroyed for a reason. Mm. It's not a reason to stop building. Nope. We have to keep going. Have to. And we can leave it there. We'll take a break, get into some new music, and get out of here. Damn, we still got to talk about Drake, too. Exactly. We ain't even mentioned Drake. So, yeah, we told y'all it was going to be a while today. Have you listened to E? I haven't listened to E yet. I don't listen to yeah, I don't think I'm cool enough. Yeah. I'm not young. I, I'm for sure being old because I saw his name and I was like, I'm not listening to that. Bruh, I said no. I said, leave me alone. Dude. Lil Yee? Okay. I said, Playboy Cardi is enough for me. <laughs> Yo, Cardi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny.
Man, that was incredible. I'm gonna post that for a shirt today. Yeah, oh, yeah, canceled. Oh, nigga, what? <laughs> <laughs> Believe in your community? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Fam, no, no, the Jewish jokes that were on Twitter. Oh, what my. is he brewing? That shit had me crying. That shit had me crying. <laughs> what is he brewing? Oh, my God. Yo, the one this? where he did the fake Meg tweet. Oh that nigga is so, Chris is so fucking funny, bro. That nigga is hilarious. Cause I'm like, what is it? And I was like, oh shit, Drake's Jewish. <laughs> Dog, that shit is crazy, bro. Bro, niggas are too funny, bro. Oh my god, bro. Why you so loose to the manager? I think you're telling Gibson needs to be more period. Let's go, Jalen Water caught a tub. Damn. Shit, Cincinnati, poor. Cincinnati got these niggas crippled. Sheets, Jesus Christ. Yeah. How the fuck do niggas score 35 just quickly? Bro, it was bad. That's 11 minutes left in the third. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. This is Joe crazy. Mixon got three touchdowns in the first half. That's crazy. I'm playing Joe Burrow in fantasy. Thank God he don't got him. Yeah, yeah. I was looking. I was like, I don't know who playing Joe Burrow, but I think it's bad. But no, it was Joe Mixon. He got three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, Joe got two of them. I'm playing him and Aiden Hurst. Thankfully, none of them going crazy. I released Justin Fields on fantasy the night before he played the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad at it because I got Kirk Cousins, but damn, bro, like, yo, I would have started you, my nigga. Like, what? Bro, before I release him, no design QB runs. After, this nigga's Lamar. Like, all they call Did you just see that? I know you just saw that. We were yeah. watching it. That was, that was crazy. Bro, I wanted to stop what I was saying so bad. <laughs> it just ran like 50 yards. Bro, I was seeing this. Like, what the fuck is this when you were on my fantasy team? Oh my god. For real. Oh, that's sad. The nigga I playing drafted Jonathan Taylor one. Oh shit. Rift a homie. <laughs> that's a tough nigga to take first this year. Oh no. What a good ass fucking segment. Tori's pissed himself. I feel it. That's how you should be playing to it. Did you see that shit? What? Tua came off on the bootleg and the DN was there and he fucking fucking <laughs> melted. <laughs> That's what you should do, bro. Damn right. <laughs> I took a knee, nigga. Ah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Ah. <laughs> hey, good shit, boy. <laughs> ah, you didn't fall for me. Well, you was watching film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so weird seeing people try to grab Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Bruh, have him guard him, boy. You know, you get, you know how Pat Bev said he sleep before he go see uh, oh, yes, Steph. <laughs> you gotta go to sleep before, bruh. <laughs> Look how long it takes this nigga to get to Tyreek <laughs> Yo, in coverage on this nigga, it took him to the second step of the catch for him to even get a handle. That's crazy. Alabama lost. Alabama did lose. I watched that game. I'm trying to watch college football when I'm at work because it games be four and a half hours. 
So I look up and it's time to go. It's time to go. Damn, yo. I'm gonna say this, y'all. Sorry. Sorry. I actually don't even know how the story's gonna end, so I get off the neck. Oh shit, it's on me. I don't see how the gunshots are. Y'all hear gunshots in the background? Yeah, we back live. Yeah, they gave me a soundboard. Yeah, actually, Daniel's the one that found the soundboard. Um, we're clapping up for Daniel. <laughs> and we are back live here about night, but um, at least no more streaming hip hop station. Shout out to the YouTube crew that's gonna get this. Uh, shout out Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Audacity. Yes. Um, um, shout out to everybody, man. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to um, everybody. All right. Let's uh, wrap this up. We did not touch on the NFL and the NFL. We're going to NFL heavy next week. Um, so, uh, yeah, I do want to mention Georgia, best team in the nation. I called it week one when I saw them play Oregon. I said that defense is too fast. Nobody's going to score on them. Um, uh, beat the sleeves out of Oregon, and Oregon has not lost a game since then. Tennessee, Tennessee was a no offense, best in the nation. It was like, how is Georgia going to stop them? Uh, gave up one touchdown. Georgia's going to win the championship. Um, yeah, I said that. Stop comparing teams to 2019 LSU. I saw that. Okay. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, but the Georgia, yeah, the, they will win the championship. Alabama is not making the playoff. I'm going to assume they be trying to get Alabama in the playoff any way they can, so maybe they will. But I don't think they uh, will. They lost two games. They lost LSU last night. So I think the uh, playoff will probably be Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, fun in college football. Wanted to touch on that. But I went to Louisiana first. Yes. We'll we'll start on that, and then that'll lead me into the Drake album. Uh, Kodak, shout out to you. Your album was incredible. Seriously, that album, that Kodak album is crazy. Uh, Kodak, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that album is crazy. Uh, West Side Gun Ten is crazy. It oh, sounds so good, bro. That those beats are so crazy. Shout out to Drama again. Uh, Jeezy's album is still good money. Yeah. Young Boy's uh, drama album is still good money. Shout out to everybody. Um, shout out to everybody that's dropped the album this year. It's a lot. Uh, in the middle of December, we'll drop our um, rap albums of the year list. It's going to be a tough, we got a tough, uh, tough uh, little journey to do that. So, I wasn't going to go to Louisiana Fest because I didn't feel like spending the money to go to New Orleans. Um, Tyrone was supposed to go with me. Some life stuff happened to Tyrone, uh, so he was not able to go. Um, so Taylor ended up coming with me. We made a little trip out of it. First off, I want to give a shout-out to the city of New Orleans, one of the best places I've ever Beautiful been in my city. life. Beautiful city. Um, I cannot wait to go back. I'm going to go back in the summer, probably over 4th of the July weekend, to go to Bourbon Street. Um, so I'm uh, shout-out, again, shout-out to uh, New Orleans. But I... Um, I have seen Lil Wayne perform twice, um, but if you know who Lil Wayne is, and if you've watched any of his performances, or if you've seen any of them in the past few years, he is, um, he is, uh, he's rich, so, and he has a lot of music, and so he performs his most popular songs based catering to a specific audience, if you feel what I'm saying. And I understand because you're here to do a job, and that's what you do. Also, Lil Wayne had to perform a lot to make his money, because he said um, when he was going through his uh, cash money shit, he was making, he was trying to make at least $10 million every year. Yeah, um, keep living the life. Exactly. Um, and it was probably more than that, so he had to do a lot of shows. After a while, you probably get as much as he says he always talks about how much he loves performing, but I mean, I know you get tired of that, especially when you are who you are and you're only getting 75000 for this show when you know you worked a half a mil. So, exactly. at, but at this point, 
Um, he has all that is cleared up. He got 150 million. He don't been doing crazy in business, so he been going crazy. And he owns his masters now, so I know he's making crazy amount of money off his music. So he hasn't been performing as much. I think he's only done like six shows this year. So I knew Louisiana Fest was going to be special because he hasn't done it in uh, two years, and it's always really good. Um, so if you know anything about me, you know how much I love Lil Wayne's old cards. My whole thing was. Just perform hustle music. <laughs> Just perform hustle music. Yeah. His DJ come and usually he does um like his DJ comes out and does a set. Uh, first off, again, shout out to Quavo and Takeoff. They did great. And then um, Wild Four Nine came out. If you know who he is, he's in New Orleans, obviously. Um, but then his DJ came on set and usually you know DJs usually give you like twenty minutes to get you turned up. Yeah. <laughs> his DJ was like, "Hey, I just want y'all to sit in this moment." And put on "Feeling in the Air" tonight by Phil Collins, <laughs> and just let the just let the hook go. Yeah. And he just let it build up. He was like, "I just want y'all to feel tonight. This the Carter. We gonna celebrate the Carters today." Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, the drums come on, and then he was like, "Y'all ready for Wheezy?" Blunt Boy comes on. He comes on and goes Blunt blowing the Mob, which is the intro to Carter wow. Two. Yes, the mob, which is the intro to Carter Two, Fireman, Money on My Mind, I Miss My Dogs, BMJR, Hustler Music, um, Six Foot Seven, How to Love. Uh, BMJR, Hustler Music, Six Foot Seven, they crazy. Dog, I was like, yo, what is wrong with this nigga? He did Bring It Back, Go DJ, um, Bring It Back, Go DJ, and then he did uh, what is it? Back that ass up with Juvie. Um, so he was just in a like in a crazy bag. Like it was. Something that like worth every penny because that's that was my dream. It was like I gotta see, I got to see, I have to still go see Kanye. I gotta see a full Drake concert and I gotta see Beyonce. Yeah. Wayne, a Wayne show where he performed the music I need, he gave it to me. Then he went through four mixtape songs. He did Rolling, Oh Let's Do It. Um, he did Rolling, Oh Let's Do It. Um, Sky is the Limit and Wasted. Um, and then close the show out with um, Uproar. Yeah, bro. And he did it. Um, Drake came out. They did the model. And then Drake went through his little um, sets. And Drake, was. it was funny to watch because I could tell on the stage that, like, Drake wanted the energy to be more. But it was like, dog, Wayne just went through Carter 1 and Carter 2. And you playing God's Plan, dog. Like, read the room. Put on I'm on one. A rap, bro. Like, this ain't the show for God's Plan, dog. But, like, Drake was still Drake. So it was crazy. Um, and Rick Ross. Rick, they did John. Rick Ross came out oh, when they did John. Shit, that shit shout was crazy, bro. Shout out Rick Ross, bro. Yeah, and then uh, Ross performed Hustling. Um, they did God Did together. Um, rap that, like, no, like, and the thing about this was he wasn't letting the music play and rapping over he the music. Rapping. He was rapping the verses, bro. It was crazy. So, shout out to Wayne, shout out to Ross. I also called Cameron, which was also great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, shout out to them. So, now it's fun to see because I was like, oh, Drake is dropping. I'm next week. So, that's cool. He's even here. <laughs> First, I want to get a shout out to Drake because you are always so creative with your rollouts. The fake, all the fake promo he was the doing, fake the fake NPR, the fake, all of that is hilarious. Shout out to him um, for doing that. And I was like, I was nervous about this album because I was like, man, if Drake is not rapping, then what are we going to get from this? But it was also gave me the confidence going into this album because 21 ain't nothing but a rapper. And not that's not a negative thing by any stretch of imagination. Right. 21's just a really good rapper. That's what he does. Yeah, so I was like, I wonder what's going to come from this album. And I cut on the first song. I said, thank God. <laughs> I said, thank God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't tweet through albums like I used to. I don't really... Really analyze the album first, listen like I used to. I really just try to sit back, throw some 
studio headphones on. I sit on my back porch. It's very peaceful. The stars. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, I'm like, he'll be on. Damn near eyes closed. Mm -hmm. This is music live and medicating. Um, and I heard the first song. I think he, I think the beat dropped. Mm -hmm. I said, oh shit, we rapping. <laughs> over. It's over, bro. Because this is what we talked about ahead of. Um, Certified Lover Boy. Or right, honestly, never mind. Never mind, yeah. Before we were like, man, Drake is on a burner right yeah. now. Like, Drake is on a heater with these features, bro. Like, P Power, uh, uh, Wait for You. Churchill's Down. Churchill Down. Like, Drake is on. I'm on one. I'm on one. Mm -hmm. Like, Drake is on, like, a gas tour. Yeah. We get a Drake rapping out. Well, we gonna be in. Like, we man, gonna get this, what we want. This right here, and to your credit, last week, last time we talked about it, I was like, man, 21 just gonna get to it. Mm hmm. 21 not gonna be who it is. So, listen, I, this is my this is my album of the year right now. This is my no, album. no question, no question. This is my album of the year. There's no question. Um, I and I was I was gonna ask you that. I was gonna say Kendrick Future, um, Baby, uh, <coughs> or this, which one? And my answer is this as well. Alpha, and I haven't turned it off. Like I've listened probably to every song in this album at least three or four it, times. Like it is. I've listened to um, Middle of the Ocean ten times. It's unsettling how I hear. Um, major distribution in my mind just hear him in the background singing in my head that's how much i've listened to this album <laughs> and the album the, the bars are first of all crazy he's getting off bro he's getting cool, off bro. he is getting off and the scheme the sushi scheme in middle of the ocean is crazy as fuck bro. the number scheme the number scheme on the beat switch where he did the ti sample yes bro audacity for you to sample a song called 24 and then rap about nothing but numbers on that sample. Boy, that nigga's hard, no, boy. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? What's your favorite part? Uh, Middle Ocean. Middle Ocean, my favorite song. Yeah, as soon as I heard it, I said, yeah. This, that's the Drake I love, though. So you know me. I'm a rapper. Rap first, bars. So when Drake getting the mo, or just give me a beat, I'm going off. That's my favorite Drake. Um, my second favorite song is Spill About You. Oh my God! From yeah. the sample to the verse is crazy. My third favorite song would be 3MM Glenwood. Twenty One got off. Everybody thought that was a Drake song. I had the, I had, I had the notion. I said that's a Twenty One song. I said I think that's a Twenty One song. And they just playing with us. And they were 3MM Glenwood. Crazy title. Um, love that song. My fourth favorite song would be the outro uh, by just done by Drake. And my fifth favorite song is the intro. Um, and I didn't mention Broke Boys or the piano on Broke Boys. The piano on the last half of Broke Boys. Bro, oh my listen, God. I haven't put them on with headphones yet either. That's another thing I've done. I think I'm going to do that when it I get is, home today. Yeah. In the headphones, well, I don't know if it does this. I don't know what you're listening to it on. The piano stays in the entire song. Even oh, at the end, it just when gets it's slow, loud. you oh. can hear it just get lower. Wow. And it's so crazy. I think I'm really sure it's that song. Every other part of the beat is getting turned off. And you still hear it. It's amazing production. Yeah, it's that's a, that's I, a, I don't know what's my... Me? First of all, the bars on here are so like... You know what? I, the first song is my favorite. Okay. The first song is my favorite because Drake is just so deep in that bag. He is. Where certain rappers is like, all right, listen to Griselda, Griselda, hard music. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what? It's funny. We don't talk about how Beyonce really love her nigga. Yeah. Drake really be loving these. And I ain't loving I these women. With that, bro. Like, really loving these MC women, bro. Kiss me in the club, fuck a TMZ. Like, yeah, religion is crazy. Like, yo, he yeah. is really, yo, and first of all, yo, shout out, shout out Drake. We don't rock with Serena's husband. 
Nah, fuck him. He a groupie. You say fuck him is fuck him, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> The, okay, so, so the Meg Thee Stallion thing, y'all can, can y'all not pit Meg Thee Stallion against Drake? Let's not do that. Let's we're not gonna say there no longer than this. Just don't do that. He wasn't talking about her. I understand why she would be mad. It's a hard was. bar too. It's a very hard bar. He was just lying about talking about girls lying about getting BBLs, which I'm sure Drake has had plenty of girls lie to him about getting BBLs. He mentioned it later in the album. Yes, he <laughs> mentioned it. He mentioned it before that too. He mentioned it on a song before that. Mentioned on that song, and then later in the album, he said it again. And so, I stand by it. It's a hard bar. It's a hard bar. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and the Dr- other one, bro, she graduated. Y'all think Megan Stein only grew up in other college, bro? You think Megan Stein only grew up and went to college that raps, bro? Okay, so. Because uh, I thought, personally, I thought you saw my Ruby Rose. I, at one point, <laughs> when he said, um, when he said she attended, but it sounded good on mute, or whatever that bar was, I thought that was about Ruby Rose. Everybody else was saying Ice Spice. I thought it was about Ruby well, Rose. Well, see, this is why self-awareness is important. Because when he said that... Ice Spice was like, at least I'm a 10. Ice Spice jumped up. See, yeah, Drake talking about me. Yeah, That's true. what you got to do. Yeah, Drake talking about smart. me. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. Biggest album in the world. He talking about me. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And so, that's yeah. And at least I'm a 10. So, <laughs> come on. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. I... Uh, one thing I will say is this is more of a Drake album featuring 21 Savage sure, yeah. than it is a collab album. Yeah. If you take, um, I only know this because I was listening to a little bit of the Joe Bunn podcast uh, and Ice is a weird ass. Ice has an album without 21. I'm glad you know. I'm glad you I know. I'm <laughs> glad you fuck. I hate him. I want you to know that. In the most respectful way, Ice, I hate you. <laughs> if you ever see this, Ice I want you to know funniest. I hate you. Ice you, is one of the you are um, a great podcaster. You did a great job replacing him, but I hate you. <laughs> 21 was spinning, so but to that point, it's only it's a it's an hour and one minute with uh with both of them, and it's only a 46 minute album without them. So he wasn't on there that much. It's more of a Drake album than anything, and you feel it when you're listening to it. Um, because you go moments, you're like, oh, I still ain't heard 21, but the Yachty in uh Yachty ad libs on um on the second song is uh is incredible. So yeah, it's just everything I've been wanting from Drake. Like it's I will go down right now. Uh, Immediately say this is the best album since you used. Not even close. Yeah, oh, not even close. Yeah, no, um, best rapping too. Yeah, it's the best rapping since views two on a full album too. Yeah. Not even close to me. Um and to that point, we did say Drake was coming. We did say we we don't think he really wanted to really certify Lover Boy, but you know, he's Drake and he gotta get some shit out. We also said he just got his he he mentioned in the song he got five hundred mil from Universal or from whoever it was. Five hundred mil just for Ari. Yeah. So he got five hundred mil, he got his deal. So I said now the real one's about to come out. So I'm excited. Um I am excited to see if they go on tour next year. I'm excited to see if he drops a solo album next year. Like I I'm like this this got me rejuvenated to Drake because as good as Drake is and I do think Drake is one of the five. If you want to say six, that's cool. But and you know that Mount Rushmore. I think Mount Rushmore can be more than four people because yeah. fuck that. Mount it's, a, it's a rock. It's a rock. Fuck them. So like, fam, uh, if, if I want to put Obama face on there, mm-hmm. stop. Right, exactly. So my Mount Rushmore is about about the six. So but Drake is in the in there, and there's no question. But. It feels like he has a little bit more to prove. Yeah. And I feel like he feels that way because it's like every time somebody come out, it's like, oh, he next. Yeah. He next. And Drake is like, no. Yeah. I am here till I don't want to be. Oh. Stop doing this next shit. It's, it's no next. It's me. I, 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 I think Drake might be my favorite rapper. I really think Drake might be my favorite rapper. Like, as much as I love that, bro, I really think Drake. And, because if they say it's only at the top. It's gotta be lonely below, bro. It gotta be lonely down there. That's what he's failing. That's why he got on scene green. The biggest ever. 
Lionsian beat Tunji Lee, nigga. We the biggest ever, bro. Like, stop it, bro. Stop it. I just miss Drake in this mode. Shout out to Pusha T, where he talked about music being angry and full of lies. I like lighthearted Drake. I like funny, like sometimes. That's my thing. I love Drake, the personality. Just get on there and just rap, bro. Just, you know, he's talking about in and out of of courtroom, my lawyer, like objection. Yeah. Bro, like he is, he is. So Wayne said this, and this is a perfect time to bring this up. Wayne said, they always ask him, like, why, why did you pick Drake? <laughs> and he said, the thing about Drake that drew me to him, besides the singing, was that Drake could rap about anything and draw your interest in. Yeah. And that, I still to this day think, is Drake's biggest <laughs> talent and why Drake is so loved universally, because... He don't gotta go to Coke like Pusha T does. And this is no diss to no other rapper at all. This is just a big up to Drake. Um, but um, he don't gotta go to Coke like Pusha T and Conway and all of them. He don't just gotta be hard like Lil Baby and Dirk do. He can be everything and he can be, um, he says on Stuntin', um, one of the old mixtape songs, a few boards today, go listen to it, that him and Wayne got off. But he said, um, I'm getting hood love and I ain't even talking street shit. And he lets you know I'm just relatable to everybody. Because yep. I can say something and everybody going to feel. And not only can I say it, I really can fucking rap. Yeah. And that is on display in this album. Because he ain't talking no other shit. He, every now and then he mentioned he got shooters and we'll do it to you. But like for the most part, like it's really just like I'm rapping about these women I love that I don't really love. And 21 going to do a bunch of hood shit to you. And 21 ain't going to do a bunch of hood shit to yeah. you. And I know about it. And yeah. I'm plugged in with the niggas in I Canadian. But like I'm really not that. So I'm not going to rap rap like I am now. And he just yes. has a phenomenal way of drawing you in and when he's at his peak he's doing that which is what he's doing in crazy pen crazy pen crazy pen and, and what you said about him being able to rap about everything is what i and other people had kind of an issue with as the album got super bigger it didn't feel as authentic this one is super authentic mm -hmm. he's talking about these bitches lying about getting ass shots because that's what he's really talking about yes. he knows they are fake yes like and it's some crazy, crazy bars in there. You know, I'm, I listen. I love the, the sap stuff too. Some crazy sap bars. It's some crazy sap stuff in there too. That's the beauty yeah. of it. It's like he gave you, he gave you the misogynistic part we love, but he also gave you heartbreak Drake. Yeah. And he just he combined the two sixteen songs an hour. Like we've beat, been asking for the beat flip, the beats changes are amazing. Mm -hmm. The little changes are great. We've been at dinner three hours. Of course you're tired. You've been lying on that. Yeah. Like, like, like that. Like, yeah. You don't get stuff like that. Nah, <laughs> you don't get that from anybody else, bro. That's why he is one of them. Like, he, he really is, like, and we don't, a lot of music comes out, and we always mention albums coming out, but we don't really go off on tangents because we will be talking about this album next week for sure. Um, no. We don't really talk about albums in depth as much as we, as, as we used to, um, but that is simply because... Y'all don't be putting out shit we're talking about like this. But when Drake dropped, when Kendrick dropped, when Cole, Wayne, when they, well, older Wayne, um, Wayne that's not dropping 30 song projects, but when they, when those guys drop, you stop and do what you're doing because you know they're not here to waste your time. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't forget this. I tried the Scott feature, boy. I forgot about that. That's the only feature on the album besides the Alice. Great feature. That Travis Scott feature, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad, and I'm glad. Um, Travis is getting 
back into the features. And Drake was a good person to pair him up with an album that's going to be big. Like, it's like, let's get that out of the way. Like, it happened. We're sorry yeah, again. Yeah. Let's get let's get this album. Great. Let's push this album so we can drop it early next year. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought that feature was freaking amazing. Yeah, it was a great feature. I love that song too. That's yeah. one of my favorite songs. Album too. I like every song. Like, it's not a song I'm like I won't go back and listen to. I, I like you said. It's one of them albums like I'll put on shuffle just to clean up. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you talked about how Wayne described Drake, bro, because like dog, I can listen to Drake before I about anything. anything, bro. Like yes. you literally, you, you seriously can. And because of the flow, the tempo, how he said it's gonna be great. He is um he's a master. Like he yeah. is a true artist because it's not like this isn't something. And I always, I always get be like, damn, you know, as a rap thing, I'd be like, damn, um. Does Wayne know he said that? Like, does he know what that means? Or did he just say that because he's crazy? <laughs> but it's like when you go watch Wayne listening to his music, no, he knows. He knows exactly what he's saying. And Drake is like that. It's, it's yeah, I know I know I can rap about anything, but I know how to grab your attention on this beat, in this pocket, to where this is going to stick with you, to where you're going to gravitate towards this. And I know, I also know how to, you know, I'm going a, I'm to a make a little, like, um, what is it? Back Outside Boys, that song. Yeah. Like, that's not a rap song. It's also not an R&B song. Right. But it's not, not like, people can't do that. Yeah. Like, Drake kind of created that little sound where it's like, yeah. I don't really know what this is. Um, and some people hate it. Some people dislike it. I'm one. When he's good, it's good. Right. And this is Back Outside Boys, one of those where, yeah, he killed that. Nah, that's a fact. Um, this album is, is sprinkled. Yeah. It's, 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 not sprinkled. it's full. Of everything Drake does. Well. And shout out to 21 for holding his own. Because he, I, people are saying he got some, I don't feel that way at all. He, he, I, smoked, he just didn't rap. The first, like, the, he, exactly. He didn't get smoked. All 20 verses, 21 verses. Are crazy. All, all of them slap. Would you ride for me? That's <laughs> crazy, oh, crazy, bro. Uh, crazy. And singing on there, too. Yeah. Listen, 21 did everything. I, it, this project was exactly what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be amazing. It was going to be amazing. I'm happy that it's turned out this me way. Me too, bro. I'm so happy. And I'm very happy to just see Drake. And, we, and I talked about this when we were, when we were talking about Donda, how excited mm. I was that we were old enough to, like, really Feel something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, we're really adults living through this crazy Drake yeah. rap album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like on the way here, I listened to Drake album mm. all the way here. I'm going to listen to it all the way back. <laughs> Don't get cool That music is good. I had a video somewhere. I need to post that video. Good music, uh, for real though. Shout out to Drizzy, man. Um, why am your money forever, pussies? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I saw uh, I saw Drake and Lil Wayne on stage together. Like I've been happy for That's a while. Crazy, <laughs> I've been real happy for a while. So. I think they are. I think they are. I think they're lining everything up to go into our 2024. In all honesty, they've been hinting at it. Like Drake has said it multiple yeah. times. Like we started the versus shit on tour, blah blah blah. And they have mentioned, like, yeah, we can go on tour again. Like, because Wayne was like, I'm ready when he's ready. So, like, I think it's going to happen again. I honestly think they're going to do a Young Money tour, like a final Young Money tour. Like, all right, this is it. We we not young no more. So, um, I'm glad Drake mentioned not doing a versus with nobody. Yeah. Because it isn't. Because he's not going to do a versus with nobody. Let's get that out of the way. Kanye and was. And y'all not going to have someone lace them up that is going to be interesting. There's no person that y'all are going to convince to do it. Because you got to convince someone to sit across from Drake. And nobody's going to do it. And he's not going to do anyone older because of the respect. He's not going to do it with Wayne for real because of respect because that's the boss. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to do it with none Kanye. He's not going to do it with none of these younger rappers. He's not going to do it with no Travis. Mm -hmm. It's first of all, it's below him. The only person that has the even slightest chance is Future. And he loves Future. So exactly. he's not going to do it. 
He's not gonna do it. He, he really, him and Future real friends. So nah, he ain't gonna do that. And um, like you said, Wayne the boss. Wayne not gonna do it. They'll they'll do another thing like on on tour together where they're like, hey, I bet I got more good features than you. They'll do that, but yeah, they ain't gonna yeah. do nothing like like for real. Like uh, they really get to it. Yeah, where they really get yeah. to it. Hove ain't doing the verses with nobody other than Michael Jackson. Um, and um, and Kanye Kanye is the only person that I think will do it. And Kanye ain't nowhere. Close to thinking about no goddamn verses. Drake Jewish. <laughs> and that's Drake, how we win the show. Drake, <laughs> it's Drake Jewish. That's the name of this episode. Name of this episode is Drake is Jewish. <laughs> he is not Drake is Jewish. I guarantee that one. I cannot name that song. Dude. I cannot name this episode. <laughs> I'm gonna say Drake is a J word. <laughs> that's, don't don't say that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> oh my god. Hey man, oh. you know, listen, we're gonna cut it here. <laughs> yeah, we will cut it here as we should. Uh thank you guys for tuning in. Uh if you are listening to the podcast, uh thank you for listening to the podcast. If you are looking at us on YouTube, moi, thank you. Name Appreciate you. Like, like, subscribe and comment. Um I don't know what we're gonna name the episode. Everything we've said has been true. <laughs> So we can't do What was Hebrew? <laughs> uh, but uh, I think I'm going to name an episode that for real. If we'll get it taken down, it gets taken down. Uh, love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Y'all be safe. Let people you know, out in traffic. You know how crazy it would be to get canceled and you not on it? <laughs> we're going to get canceled. We're not even there. We're not even on yet for real. Like, come on, bro. Please. Y'all got to um, apologize. To who? <laughs> <laughs> to who? <laughs> Y'all keep it locked. Super long show today. I appreciate y'all sticking with us. Hell yeah. Two hours and 45 minutes.